Yeah, that's the most wholesome, wonderful. (laughs) You know what? Your beard's getting gray. Kind of makes you look old. But I mean, that's all right, though, because I still love you. (laughs) Bye, Pop. That sax will never get old for me. And then when it goes up, it goes up. It's the best. I mean, it's let's talk about that. It's the element that dates those movies, the Lethal Weapon movies, more than anything. Yeah. And it's also, like, my favorite thing. And people yeah. don't realize how prevalent, like, sax was in movies from, like, the mid-80s yes. to, like, the early 90s. Yes. Like, that was a thing that was in so many different kinds of movies. I also very much relate to that clip. Um, <laughs> oh, really? Uh, just Go in on. Terms of age. <laughs> yes, yes. I feel like I'm too old for this shit every right. other day. Not necessarily this podcast, but everything else. In well, my here's life. the real question. If you had a beard, would it be gray? You know what? I'd love to find out if I could grow anything but a neck beard. Yeah, I see you. Are there any grays? Yeah, it doesn't I've got, show. I've got about a dozen, dozen or so gray in here. I like um, the glasses thing you got going on today. Right, too. Thanks. I realize um, the listeners can't. It's great this for radio. Visual this is great. Yeah, they can, so, they can tell. Let me describe <laughs> in detail. I used to write. Well, some. let's let's touch on what that was. So that was uh, one of the one of the. It's pretty early in the movie, right? In Lethal Weapon. I oh forget yeah, exactly. The introduction of Murtaugh. It's like brand. It's the yeah. first time we see him. So I love Lethal Weapon. We love Lethal Weapon. And yeah, the, come on. And the reason we played that is because we just had our second uh, birthday, Hell right? Yeah, baby. The podcast. We are um, two years old as of February 17th. Which is, shit has been in your lives for two years. Exactly. It's, it's weird to think about because uh, we had one ye- one normal year of like, all right, we're starting a podcast. So, oh, yeah, wow, we did a year. Yeah. And then we had a second year of like, wow, this is weird. Uh, and time has <laughs> lost all meaning. And time it's has like, lost all meaning. It's like right, interstellar. Yeah. We could have been doing this 10 years. Movie. I have no idea. Oh, yes. It's yeah, t- it could have been 30. The, Honestly, two feels like it hasn't her been. Perspective is fucked at this point about everything. But the, yeah, the cool true. part of that clip is just that it's like this wonderful family and they're like saying happy birthday to their dad. And he's naked in the tub. And they're all yeah. just hanging out yeah. around him. It's right. one of the weirdest things. It's a bit of a bubble bath. To me. There's always been a little bit of a weird relationship between him and his daughter, Ian, too. Who he's <laughs> he's trying to protect from all other men. Yeah, but, you know, it's right. like he'll make little comments like, oh, heartbreaker, you know, or whatever. And right. she's like staying in the bathroom with it. And there's nothing sinister in it. It's just a little off. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. not like it's clearly not the intent of anything. No. But it's one of those things where you're like, maybe the execution, you guys didn't think this through quite yeah, well enough. Yeah, their sensibility is just those. a little skewed. I don't know. Right. But, um, exactly. But, but yeah. anyway, we're two years old. We're happy to still be here. <laughs> and you too. know what? When we started this podcast, which does feel like a million yeah. years ago, um, we didn't even know uh, Army Hammer may or may not be a cannibal. No, so, like, we think about that how wasn't much has even, changed. That wasn't even part of uh, why we started this <laughs> podcast. You know <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> what the fuck is going on, Kelly? I think I don't know how to make sense of anything. I think anymore. history will, uh, will, will. You know, time will tell. You know, with that, but it's I like uh, one of those weird things where, you know, there's there's the camp of we can't shame people for their their kinks or their you know their quirks, their sexual and stuff. then there's cannibalism. <laughs> but then you get to a point where you're like, yeah, but come on, like you know what's weird? I know now. I'm talking about yeah. this. Uh, you know, I, I have no idea whether accurate inaccurate whatever i don't know any of this stuff i haven't mm-hmm, done enough research mm-hmm. but 
what what's you know this is kind of like that whole thing of like is tolerance of intolerance tolerant or is it intolerant right so like it's like like you said like so somebody confusing. has desires he's confessed in writing to desires or something it's like well you know what as long as he's not actually Fair eating game. someone's foot yeah, yeah. then like i i honestly i don't care but then you're walking that line of like should we should we not worry about this? Figure. He <laughs> yeah, does it become an more actor. and more he's dangerous? He's potentially in movies with children. He's, a, I mean, you know, you yeah. could really pick it apart, and you could really you can make the case either way. But um, it also seems like there's a lot of negativity surrounding it from the people involved, uh, like things he you know wanted yeah. them to he's do, and it's like, and... oh god, I I don't. It's, it's yeah. Now there's like three women weird. popping up, and anyway, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Hopefully it's not true, or I don't know, but um. Whatever. Anyway, it's Whatever. weird. Doesn't no matter, matter what, it's a weird story, and it's and I'm glad we started on this uh, <laughs> note because I Happy think birthday, if, we, if anyone was listening, <laughs> they're tuned out now. Um, I have some listener feedback that I would love to talk about. Sure, um, I know you do as well. Yeah, um, but I would like to dive right in. Sure, go ahead. If we could, um, my good friends uh, Ted and Grayson, who I'm uh, when I moved out to L.A., they came out shortly after and. They were kind of the only people from back home in North Carolina that lived out here with me for a short sure. period um, and then, you know, moved back and I, I stayed on for a while. But um, obviously I'm still here. <laughs> but uh, but Ted, uh, I, both of the friends I've been I've been telling them, hey, check out the podcast. Listen to this. I'll shoot them something that I like, you know, for for two years at this point. So Ted, as of last week. Listen to the first podcast of ours. <laughs> like after like two years, I was like, um, literally he brought something up and I was like, I literally just talked about this last week on our podcast. I was like, and you're bringing it up. And I was like, you, you never listen, do you? Or whatever. And he was like, oh, my bad. Like, like literally, which is like always like the response. He's like, oh, my bad. And then he's like, oh, I'll check it out. And then he, he looks our stuff and he's like, oh, I already found you. Good. You know, finds a podcast or whatever. And he's like, um, oh, first one that pops up, Broken Arrow commentary. Cool. I'll check that one out. And I was like, well, I was like, if you're going to watch Broken Arrow, then I, yeah. I fully recommend this, you know, but you might want to start with just like one of our podcasts. Right. Like we've talked, you know, read the descriptions and check them out. He's like, nah, I've seen Broken Arrow before. I'm going I'm to listen to this one. So he listens to it without watching the movie. Don't know whether he did the commentary version or not. Right. But but then I get these l- couple long texts, and I just want to read them. Oh, because let's, they, let's out, they Ted. Let's <laughs> crack me up so much. What did he so say? Here's what he writes after listening. Not going to lie. I listened to a two-hour podcast with film commentary. I felt like I was watching the movie with you guys. Probably going to watch the movie later. <laughs> so he didn't watch it while he was listening. Then he said, however, during the podcast, you reference your friends, TK – and Grayson, and Grayson's dog, Fred. You even referenced my arch nemesis, Timmy Franklin. Through two hours of commentary, you couldn't find one thing in that movie to reference me to. This is bullshit. (laughs) Maybe at the end, when they're kicking the shit out of each other, you could have said, oh, remember Timmy, the helicopter pilot I was talking about? Well, my friend... Used to kick the shit out of him just like this. He's like, anything, man, come on. Yeah, just give me something. Then, Then, this is what takes it to the next level. Maybe 15 minutes later, he immediately started listening to another of our podcasts. After two years of not listening, Mm -hmm. he went back to back, right? He writes, six minutes into the National Treasure review, (laughs) (laughs) National Treasure commentary, and you referenced Jimmy Ned Shiver person. Do I mean nothing to you? And I don't know if you remember me talking about my friend Jimmy Ned, but um, then he writes, 
The Shive reference does sound like Shive, though. He's like, you are spot on. Anyway, it cracked me up. And now we've given Ted, Ted a shout out. I, so. I think uh, I think at this point, my advice is don't take it personally. We, <laughs> we, we are definitely not in this to talk about our buddies. But, yeah, you know, yeah. we've let a lot of people down. Exactly. This exactly. There's <laughs> there are lots of people, probably loved ones that have never heard their name, uh, even when they should have. And uh, yep. all I can say and is- And people that we don't care about we who suck. have heard their names. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're not. Like uh, <laughs> like Army Hammer. We're talking about him. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. And he's almost definitely not listening. No, definitely. Anyway, well, but uh, thanks for know. checking us out, Ted. I we hope do you have enjoy millions all the of listeners. Episodes. So, you know. Yeah, that's true. Just That's by true. sheer numbers, he could be by in there. Volume. Yeah, um, by volume. volume alone. Let me, uh, let me mention my little listener feedback, which is um, much more um, wholesome. I don't know what the word is, but <laughs> anyways. It's better. It's our, better than our, our good friend Tyler uh, Knowles is, uh, is, a, is a longtime listener, good friend of the Shout podcast, and he sent me something in the mail. I think you might have seen this online. It's a little thing that that is available online, but uh, I honestly don't know <laughs> what the whole story is where Tyler got this. And but he said I was thinking of you guys, and it is a uh, Jurassic Park music box, and hey. it's basically just this little hand, like handmade wooden box, and uh, the music box is such another that visual. <laughs> you can play it. Yeah, exactly. No, no, it's audio. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god. I'm barely picking this up, but I got it. There it is. Oh man. And you know, it just the, puts me right in the, the right in that mode. The whole idea with this little music box is that um like yeah, I guess you put yourself to sleep with it cuz it's very peaceful. It's very nice. You know what's funny? Mellow. That part of the theme really is just a lullaby. Yeah, I don't think exactly. I've really thought it, about it. 100% before, right? is. And uh that's why uh if you remember back many episodes ago, I played the track of uh Nick playing that at Tom's wedding. Yeah. Uh he, oh, yeah. <laughs> he played it on that's guitar. Uh but anyways, yeah. So shout out to Tyler. Thank you for the music box and um Yeah. Yeah, nice going, it's, Tyler. It's Seriously. very sweet. Very sweet. That uh, um, You know, that is my favorite. Um, it is not my favorite Spielberg movie or John Williams movie, but right. that is my favorite John Williams score. Oh, uh, you know, as much as I, I love Star yeah. Wars and E.T. is amazing sure, and all yeah. these things. He's done a million. But the Jurassic Park, to me, mm-hmm. that score, I could put that on and listen to it all day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. It's great. Um, well, let's move right along because we got a lot to talk about. Uh, let's talk about some movies we've watched recently. Uh, you want to get us started with some of your favorite shit? Yeah, man. There is a lot. Um, I, I will start by saying that I, uh, I watched uh, Sound of Metal, which you oh, had, nice. uh, recommended. Yeah, um, tell me. So I got, got caught up on that and then I just brutal. I mean, a great, great. I, mean, mm-hmm. I don't know, really know what to say that you haven't right. already said, but um, just great through and through. Great performances. Great movie. I, I don't know as much as you do, obviously, in, in regards to sound, but I just felt like it was so, like, perfectly crafted. Yes. Uh, regarding the, going from like the technical aspects the of it, translating yeah. a person's interpretation, something that's very subjective oh and very personal. Uh, how do you? It's kind of like translating your dreams or translate you know it's just yeah. something that's so yeah. ethereal that uh you know uh, or color i mean you i mean the idea yeah. of translating what you think color is versus someone else right. thinking right. color is obviously there's color blindness and all that stuff but yeah. the the point is how do you translate that stuff so yeah the t- the technical craft of how they introduced uh sound and going deaf uh oh, into God. the movie 
um, is pretty, pretty impressive. It yeah. kind of blew my mind. And I mean, again, who knows? You know, I assume this is all accurate, but, you know, who knows? But it certainly landed in regards to, oh, now we've got, you know, now we're hearing through like a type of hearing aid or an implant or something right. versus that. And like, what would that be like? And what would when the sound layers and it is it all yeah. you know, rather than being organic? Is it all kind of, you know manufactured type of stuff, you know, like um, almost like an auto-tune type mm-hmm. of, you know, version of something. I don't know how to describe it, but I just thought it was brilliantly done. I, I don't know, you know, how they did it, but I, I thought they just, it was yeah. conceived just right. Um, yeah, just right. The, so, I think that's, you know, one of the big things, obviously that movie needed it, but a, a lot of movies nowadays don't have, uh, don't have kind of simplistically creative sound design they have mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. over-the-top sound design you know you go to like the big blockbusters you go to the avengers the action that's what stuff nominated and it's like that's exactly that's the stuff where it wins the awards yeah. based on its Look at complexity all the sounds. yeah so we put sounds. so many sounds yeah it's like <laughs> and this is the total opposite of that it's it's creativity in the absolute most base simplistic way right. and i have uh, one of my other movies that i watched uh that's brand new also had incredible sound design and editing um and that? uh that's a movie called um the nest uh okay. it is i'm not sure that it'll be up for anything but it's uh carrie coon and um jude law and it's like a 1980s drama it's like a family drama pretty straightforward okay. but it's i i I, I'm not. Sh- I don't even know whether it's getting good reviews, but to me, it's one of the best things I've seen recently. It's um, uh, it's got amazing production design and uh, you know, art uh, and uh, beautifully shot. Um, the sound design is better than normal. You know, some really creative yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, did did the sound on it, and um, I think that it will probably be an overlooked movie this year. I don't know that it'll be up for anything. I guess we'll see at the Oscars. But um, but yeah, the Nest. It's really yeah, just a family drama. Um, Got Kelly's stamp of but, approval. Yeah, well, I, I I watched another one that I also is not going to be uh, nominated for anything, but came out <laughs> last year. Um, it was recommended to me um, uh, by the Corn family, Kelly and uh, and Drew Corn. Um, I, I had never heard of it. Have you heard of the movie Save Yourselves? Uh, it doesn't ring a bell. So it's the kind of movie that always makes me mad because it's so sort of simple. Wait, do the, do the corns have any children? Are there any children? They, they of do. That They're family? little corn on the cobs all the, over. The yeah, children of the corns? The... Okay. Got it. <laughs> oh, I man. I feel like such terrible. an idiot. It's terrible. As yeah. per usual. Anyways, um, I didn't. I wasn't ready for that. No, it was good. <laughs> um, keep them coming. Um, that's when we need a Wilhelm scream uh, for the sound effects. You got one of those for us? Uh, I do. <laughs> There we go. Okay. <laughs> Actually, it's if I'm doing a pun, maybe it's more of like a. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I need a pun noise. We are getting more obnoxious in our terrible. Yeah, tunes, that's it's real, sure. bad. real um, bad. Well, let, let me just mention for save yourselves. It's it's a movie where uh, uh, just quick premise: a yeah. couple is just you know addicted to their phones and everything else, and they talk to this guy at a bar, and oh. he's just like, "You got to unplug, bro. You got to get out of the air and everything else." And you know, a lot of us can relate to that. So. They essentially turn off their phones. They leave voicemails and they say, we're not kidding. We aren't checking our phones at all. Blah, 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 blah. You know, 
So, you know, leave us a message if you want. We will be getting back to you next week. Right? Sure. We're completely yeah, yeah. unplugging. And then they leave and they're going to this campsite out in, the, you know, the, the woods. And as they're leaving, you know, it pans up to the sky, of course. And here comes literally an alien invasion. Um, so what's perfect about it is that all these movies, I mean, it's a good movie anyway, but I, I watch this movie and I'm just like, man, this is so doable. Like this is such oh, a filmable yeah. thing. Like yep. if you you know you come up with this idea and you do this, and they're away from the invasion the entire time. I mean, at a certain point, they finally check their phones, and of course, <laughs> don't come to. Oh my God, Brooklyn has fallen. You know, so and all simple. this stuff because they're yeah. from New York. But um, but essentially, it's just like murder murderous tribbles who have come to just and they're just cool. annihilating people, cool. and they're kind of adorable. But they're anyway. But but the best part about it is it's just about this couple that's still sort of working through their issues while the apocalypse is coming. They're still arguing about the same stuff. And the, they're, of course, New York, and they're progressive, and they, we don't need guns or whatever. And she's like, at this point, we might need a gun. And he's like, we're more likely to kill each other if we have a gun. She's like, I'm just saying we need some kind of protection. I mean, it's just, it's great through That's and through. Um, yeah. And it's really, really good. Uh, it's worth checking out. Again, it's one that I don't think it, you'll hear about. But right. um, I'm, I'm glad for the recommendation. Um, so shout out Would to you the, say uh, that's Corn a Clan. comedy? Or is it? It's definitely a comedy. I mean, it's okay. a dark comedy, okay. but it's yeah, it's absolutely sure. a comedy. I mean, sure. the best part to me is just that it the characters are are really well. I don't know so much if they're well written. I don't know how much of it was them improvising. It, right. it felt very improvised, and like the actors did a really good job. But they feel like a real couple, and they continue to work through their hijinks as as things are going very bad. That's the best part about it. I mean, you're watching a couple movie, you know, mm. where they're dealing with their shit. It's just their murderous troubles cool. also coming. They don't know what to do. So it's a fun one. Uh, that's cool. I uh, I watched a few. There's a couple of comedies I watched and a few dramas. Some of the stuff, okay. you know, that's supposed to be up for awards. Right. I'm trying right. to get right through in that time. But some of the comedies that are definitely not going to be up for anything. Um, but I had to do. Uh, we watched Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. We did too. I was going to ask cute. you. I mean, it's it. fine. You know, I, it's it's exactly as stupid as it's supposed to be. I, exactly. You need to know what you're going. I don't in always. For, like, right? I mean, it's actually, you know, especially with the opening being what it was and the backstory of the other Kristen Wiig character. Um, it right. just feels like a spoof, you know, it just feels like right. an Austin powers or something. And for sure, you know, that's that kind what of they're comedy. going for. Um, but Did nothing you, amazing. The, the parts it's that really, cute, really whatever. got me were the, um, of course I love Kristen Wiig anyway. I've sure. got like a comedy crush on her, but right. the musical numbers that they burst into, I didn't mm. expect. Right. And so there were a couple of those, particularly the one with the, the Jamie guy. I can't remember his name. The guy from he, 50 shades of gray. When she was on, she, Kristen Wiig was on Howard the other Howard Stern the other day, and she was like, you know, when we wrote this, we were like, we would love to get like a Jamie Dornan, you know, kind of guy. And then they found out that he was reading it and was contemplating it. And she's like, our goal was to get somebody that doesn't really have much comedic background. And right. no offense to this movie, but it shows, you know, he's not comedically not talented. Actor, right? No, but he's doing his best, you know. And yeah. uh, I guess that's what she wanted. I I tend to believe that this movie would have been better with someone really comedic in that role playing it straight you know someone right. with the timing that can kind of t tone it down and his is flipped you know he doesn't have the comedic timing right. and they're trying to crank him up to this comedic level i 
whatever. It's a cute movie. Well, you know, the hardest part I laughed in that movie was when they're on the plane and they start sort of they talk about their favorite name. Yes, and, yeah, uh, you know, and then they, they the start story. yeah as they talk. You know, it's, it's a per- that's a name which, that which has a, a payoff in the end on. without spoiling. Yeah, it's it, great. But, yeah, like yeah. it keeps going. But the best part is by the time they're off the flight, they've created an entire life. <laughs> for her and they're like i just miss her so much you know because she's died that to me was it was so dumb it was it wasn't necessary to the movie but it just carried like three minutes of the movie (laughs) is anything in that movie necessary to the movie that's a fair point no not at all um Um, so yeah we watched that one too another fun one was willie's wonderland which is uh the uh uh the pitch is nick cage battles possessed animatronics in a chuck e cheese environment so uh, (laughs) if you picture the band on stage at chuck e cheese each one of them is is a possessed killer when did this come out this just come out this week yeah it's brand new um this is the kind of cult you know movie like horror adjacent movie that would be uh so exciting to see at alamo draft house you know they're obviously closed but that's that's the kind of vibe that they go for um i really enjoyed it Nick Cage is great. I don't know why he's in this movie. I think it's this is a good example of. I mean, do we ever is it know? the new house he's got to do a payment for, or did he love this director? No, I mean he's decided. been quoted in recent years saying like I pick these movies because I I you know I communicate with the people that are trying to make the movie. They're usually very low budget and. Yeah. Yeah. By me being in it, it means that it will sell. They will be able to make uh-huh. it. They will yeah, sell yeah. it. They will it's make dope. money versus not. And so he, I, I mean, it, even though I'm sure there's some other motives, but it seems like he's doing it. <laughs> For just, some of them, there have to be. To, just to fucking help people make yeah, and that's weird awesome. movies. And that's awesome. And, um, and I, I really think you should watch it. It's definitely horror. You know, it's gory and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah, it, yeah. but it's entertaining and it's exactly what I thought it would be. Um, so that's fun. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, we watched, uh, speaking of the horror stuff, we watched uh, an older one, but we had never seen it. Did you ever see the movie Freaky with Vince Vaughn? No. Yeah, that's only from about a few months ago. Yeah, like yeah, Halloween not, time not or whatever. Back. Yeah, a little while back. What, uh, uh, what we enjoyed think? it, man. Yeah, yeah. N- nothing that, you know, oh, my God, you have to see this mm-hmm. if you don't see this, you know. But if you're looking for something to watch and you don't mm-hmm. have anything, and you know, it, it's just a fun concept. I mean, I'm not going to surprise you with anything. If you relatively know the concept. good reviews. So I mean, I it's think, good. Look, yeah. it's it's the idea of Freaky Friday crossed mm-hmm. with Halloween, right? Like right. the idea of switching bodies with a murderer. And it, the funniest parts were just that, you know, on one hand, you know, it's a sheep in wolf's clothing, right? Because mm-hmm. now it's this teenage girl uh, who's walking around school where she can murder everybody. Right. And the girl who wants to save all her friends is, of course, in a body that everyone's looking for as the killer. So sure. automatically you have that. But the other funny part about it is, like, which I hadn't really thought about for some reason until we started watching – Vince Vaughn is a giant, super strong person in the movie, and the girl is just like, oh, wow. Like, she can just, like, throw people, you know what I mean, like, 20 feet away. Sure. And then, meanwhile, the killer is like, this useless fucking body. Like, you know, like, and that's part of the part of the charm and comedy of it as well. But, yeah, it's a fun one. It's funny. Um, it's not one that you have to see. But, uh, yeah, right. if you're looking for something and it's available, you know, check it out. It's a, it's a good one. I also watched, uh, speaking of the award stuff, uh, did you see Hillbilly Elegy? I didn't. I think uh, I think the reviews turned me off of it. Okay, but what did enough. you think? Uh, I liked it. Um, yeah. I listen. It's it's not a fun watch, right? Okay, like, it's sure. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just like a kind of a brutal watch. But um, I just thought all the performances were really good. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, Amy Adams is always good. But Glenn Close, man, I, I was watching Glenn Close, and I was just like. She's been doing this for mm-hmm. 45 years and it, she genuinely 
seems to just care about the role. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like there's no glamor to it. There's no like movie star initiative with her. I don't think mm-hmm. there ever has been. And right. just the variety. I just kept thinking about the variety of roles she's played because she seems like this hick redneck grandma mm-hmm. from, you know, the mountains more than anyone else in the movie. She it seems, seems like to me to in. be like the, the counterpoint to like a Meryl Streep. You know, uh, like where Meryl's looking I for agree with the, you. you know, the super, I don't know what the word is, but really. The big actory role. Bi- yeah, big. I think I it's mean, the she's word really good, big. But yeah, yeah, the big actory. Yeah. No, no, I agree with you. And the thing is, at the end, it's a true story. So at the end, they show the clips of people. And part of it's just she kind of looks like the lady. but And some of it's <laughs> also makeup. I don't want to say there's, you know, no one else was involved. But she just inhabits the way she's kind of hunched and moves. Mm-hmm. It, it, You know, that stuff is just impressive. I know that's a particular skill and a lot of people can do it. But What was the one um, she did a couple of years ago uh, with Jonathan Price? Was it called The Wife? Glenn Close. What was the premise? What's the... Um, it was about a wife. <laughs> I, <laughs> Could have been I, called the wife. Oh, it was the wife. It's called the wife. Hey, there you go. Did you see that? I didn't. Because I that that's one. the best thing I remember her doing in recent. Well, I mean, not that I've seen everything she's done, but right. um, I would highly, highly recommend that. And that's a really good example, again, of like a subdued, even though the movie's called The Wife, she's like the second character. You should really watch that. It's about a okay. writer and his wife, and it's it's wonderful. Um, yeah, I'll check yeah, it out. Please, please watch that. It's from There was another one several years ago where she played, either she played a man or she played a woman that was pretending to be a man that I never got around oh, to either. I don't know that one. But they said she was pretty incredible in. So, you know, she's she's nice. been she's been doing she's been crushing it since uh going all the way back to Big Chill. I mean, yeah. early, early 80s and obviously fucking Air Force Attraction, one, obviously. Air Force One. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and also like a lot of people don't know, you know, she's had a, a big um stage career too. I mean, we yeah. We actually saw her when I was a kid in uh, uh, Sunset Boulevard as oh, the cool. kind of whacked out old silent star. Mm-hmm. And she was fucking incredible. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, yeah, that, that and singing, sense. like, you don't think about her as like, she had an incredible singing voice. I mean, she just, she just murdered it. So that's anyway. cool. Um, yeah. A couple other Oscar-y types things that I watched, um, uh, an animated movie called Wolf Walkers. It's a, it's on Apple okay. TV plus and that's. Definitely going to be up for best animated feature. It's, um, I think you'd like it. It's, it's uh, a seemingly you know hand drawn style. It might be digital, but it's more hand drawn style. It's not so CG like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's a like an old English folk folk tale type movie. Um, oh, right on. About uh, you know uh, people who communicate with wolves. Um, you know, 300 years ago, 400 years ago and, and kind of the pack mentality and, you know, people, humans versus wolves. And anyways, it's a yeah. really, really beautiful movie. It's got some wonderful music. It sounds music. up my alley with exactly. folk- folklore. I, I, I really think it would, it would stand out to you. And so far, I mean, I've seen like, we'll talk about the Golden Globes in a little bit, but a couple of the other animated movies this year that were out were just the Pixar ones, which were mm-hmm. Onward and Soul. Those and even though I, saw, even I liked I both of those, but this is better. Like, I just think, uh, hands down, this is better. So. Yeah, and this is yeah. not a knock on either of those movies, but, right. you know, f- I mean, part of this is unfair, right? Because the Pixar level, the bar is so high. Right. But th- those are fine movies, but they're, you know, you expect the Grand Slam every time from it's them. Not and the it's not the case like anymore. The, the last couple the of years. Slam, you're like, oh, okay. They, they've had some really bad movies uh, mixed in with their good ones in the last few years, like The Good Dinosaur and whatnot. And, right, uh, right. So I just, I don't, 
I, I, I just don't assume anymore that Pixar is going to be putting out the best picture. Sometimes they do. But um, but this one's really wonderful. Wolfwalkers, it's on Apple. Um, and uh, watched a movie called Rams um, with Sam Neill that's brand new. And it's a okay. remake of an Icelandic movie from five years ago. Um, and uh, I really think you'd like this one, too. Rams is about... Um, a guy and his brother, they're, you know, older, Sam Neill age, um, and they are lifelong, uh, you know, sheep herders in the in the outback of, of Australia. And uh, they are competing brothers. So they have their own farms and their own sheep, even though they're from the same family that raised these sheep for, you know, hundreds of years or whatever. Um, but, and that's really all it is. It's about them raising their sheep and protecting their sheep and all that kind of stuff. It's modern day, you know, but, um, it's just really, really wonderful. And it's the kind of movie, like you were saying earlier, where you're like, yeah, if you have this idea, you can make this. It's all done on location. It's probably right. shot in like right. two weeks, you know, three weeks or something. And, um, just really, really cool. Uh, so check that out. Well, that is cool. Did you, did you read what, um, <laughs> I think I might have sent it to you, but what Sam Neill said about Jeff Goldblum for the newest Jurassic Park? I don't know. I don't <laughs> think so. I'm going to like paraphrase it, but yeah, go ahead. he was essentially giving the, you know, the, um, is it Trevor o who's directing that one again? Uh, I think that's right. But anyway, he's like, you know, <laughs> lo- lovely guy. He said, lovely guy, you know, always was uh, encouraged us to bring our own, you know, ideas and everything. He said, but good Lord. Goldblum would come every day with just 40 ideas and we were just at a certain point we were just God, for God's sakes like yeah, he's like fine. and he entertained all the ideas and we listened through all of them and it yeah. was so funny because he was so clearly like this shit took so long because of Goldblum's ideas and the director was too nice and then at the end he's like but you know lovely guy and it's great working with Jeff but like clearly he was like yeah. airing out like what a nightmare to have to listen well, to Well I would imagine Jeff's that idea. that's very common in the acting community it's like the people that that read the script and go I am here to do this script like this is yeah. what I'm here yeah. to do and then the people that kind of yep. think they yep. have more to add and that's I think the there are just two types of people and I have read uh, probably from that same context is that what they've filmed as far as this next movie, whatever it's called, Jurassic, what was it called? Jurassic World 2? Dominion or something. Oh, Dominion. Yeah, whatever. Um, is that they they filmed, you know, a five hour movie or a six hour, you know, I mean, they just, they made something so incredibly dense and right. uh, it's How a bummer because we're probably down. never going to see that. Con- you know, it's. Well, we could get the Zack Snyder sh- uh, <laughs> cut. <laughs> we'll, after, we'll come back to that later. Seven more years. Um, well, anyway, it just cracked me up that he. That is you know, good. That, that is good. Funny. Um, do you have any other movies you want to talk about? Because I, I got a couple. Uh, you know, uh, just rattle off real quick. Um, I don't yeah. know if you watched The Little Things. Um, I haven't yet. I watched that. Again, another one that's fine. If you're looking for something to watch, it is a good movie. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's good performances. Um, didn't right. exactly go where I thought it was going to, and I was fine with that. But it's mm-hmm. it's nothing that, oh, my God, you got to see it. Right. Um, some older ones that I had never gotten around to that I watched that I really enjoyed were Judy um, from oh. last year or two yeah, years ago. Yeah, I loved and, Judy. Um, oh, me too. So I thought Zellweger was incredible. I'm yeah. not saying anything that nobody I doesn't think she, know. But didn't I just she win it. for it? I she feel did. like yeah. okay, that's deserved. and she should have. Yeah. She yeah. was yeah, she yeah. was amazing, and 100%. the ending just gut punched me. It was so good, and then yeah. um, Aksha, which I had never seen. Oh, oh um, the yeah, sure, Okja. yeah, which yeah. Oh, man was oh, is it Oak? I see, I messed it up, but um, really that you uh, didn't see it when it came out. Mm-mm. No, I just it's just, like it's just been one that's just been sitting yeah, yeah. on my list. Sure, um, sure. 
anyway, but uh, but like you know, I thought it was great. Yep, thought it was really really good. Um, Jess and I rattled off some old ones. She had never seen uh any, any either of the Crocodile Dundee movies, and Holy we watched shit. Crocodile What'd Dundee one and two. She loved them. She was yeah. like, "How did I not watch these growing up? They're just Those great are pieces of so 80s fun silliness." Yeah. yeah. They're you got to watch in Los Angeles now. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, the one that he came back to cool. when he uh, was out of cool. Um No, the, but the first two. What's interesting, man, about those? And I know I'm talking about Crocodile Dundee here, but the first one is such a fun fish out of water comedy where you mm-hmm. know you bring Mick over to the states and you know it works yep. exactly that way and the ending's great and everything else. The second one they kind of reinvent is okay now you take her to where he is you know yep. what i mean like he goes back into kind of his own backyard but it becomes an action movie like it's a comedy it's an mm-hmm. action comedy they had more money fighting <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly i mean and they're fighting these drug lords and like mm-hmm. they really both feel fresh it's almost like I, i'm i'm not saying this is the same quality but it's almost like when you get aliens versus alien and you're mm-hmm. like oh they had an idea to kind of reinvent the movie it's the same characters it feels like a sequel but it also feels different and that's yeah. hard to do, right? Like sequels are difficult to do. So it just made, I, while we were watching, I was thinking about that. I was like, "This is really." I always you know, loved well those too. I haven't seen them in so long, but they're uh, tons of fun. We'll dude. They're worth revisiting. When I was yeah, little, they're yeah. just fun, romantic kind of like movies that you don't get really anymore. Sure. Um, and uh, and then uh, I got I just want to say real quickly, HBO has just been a huge winner for mm-hmm. me. Like sure. of all the streaming, I mean, I thought you know Disney Plus or you know might be all of these have been great, but. HBO has been there's there's so many new things and then there's this handful of like the Criterion collection mm-hmm. and these classics and foreign films that I've always kind of wanted to get to that I haven't gotten to ever just because they're not available or whatever. I yep. mean, I've rattled off the Three Colors trilogy, which I'd never seen, which is a classic Young Girls of Rochefort, Breaking the Waves, Taste of Cherry. So I've just been kind of crushing That's these cool. all timers that are kind of on my list that I just were like, oh, my God, OK, it's available on a platform that I don't have to buy just for those movies. The you know combination, I, mean? I mean, you're you're hitting something that has been in the trades a bit recently. There are definitely articles being written about how objectively HBO Max is the best streaming platform right now. Oh, um and and it, and the weird part is that you know, what we expect from these streaming platforms are originals and then a library and the library sometimes has to be yeah. purchased like Netflix, the right, you know, right. library where they only have the rights for a few months or you know, not very long. Whereas, for the most part, HBO Max is purely just the largest internal library around. You know, they have so many divisions and they own so much content, really good content. And then they have rights to things. Like, they just got the rights for all of South Park and they got the rights for all these things. And it's just like, holy shit. You know, it grows and grows and grows. But uh, on top of all of that, we haven't even really experienced that in 2021 seems like they're going to be releasing a lot of theatrical oh, movies man. for free on there, unlike <laughs> what Disney Plus is doing, where they're making you pay extra for it. But we're going to be getting all of the $100 million, $200 million blockbusters that um, that Warner Brothers made you know, a year yeah. or two ago yeah. for free. You know, no extra cost on I HBO know. Max. And yeah. I don't know how they do that because we're talking about billions and billions of dollars in revenue that obviously they're going to retrieve some of that back from subscribership, but it, but not 
you know, a lot of people already have it. I mean, I don't even pay for it. We have it free with my <laughs> cell phone plan. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, why, where right. is the money coming from? Yeah, so, I don't know. They're selling all of our secrets, I guess, uh, yeah. on the dark yeah, yeah. web. But, Which you know, I don't okay even care now. at this point. Um, <laughs> no, honestly, uh, and on one hand, yeah, I'm yeah. super bummed. I mean, I, we've talked about this. I just, yeah. I crave the theatrical experience more now than I probably oh, it's ever getting, have. I mean, it's, it's getting like, bad, man. Like, wait. every, even when I'm oh. driving around, if I'm going running, running an errand, I drive past Universal Studios all the time. I drive past, you know, the theaters that I would be going to and I'm just and I go to Burbank and I'm just like, fuck. Ugh. I know. It's getting so I'm getting so antsy and I can't I, know, me too. I can't me too. wait. Like even just cuz the last theater actually no, I went to Universal was the last theater I went to saw Call of the Wild, but the the couple of days before mm-hmm. that was when we went to Alamo. I met God. you and Jess there. Yeah. And it That's was a weird time because we it was like there were only a couple people there and there was this whole question of like, are, is this okay that we're out, we be out because yeah. they haven't closed? And I, my this answer was, like was one it was like the home. first day. Maybe you should and, stay home. And I said, well, if the movie theater's open, I'm going to be here. <laughs> That's right. what right. I said. Exactly. I was exactly. like, I'm not going to not come. And uh, I forget. What did we see? We saw, we saw The Hunt. Oh, The and, Hunt. And, yeah, yeah. and I, I will never know. And I, I think The Hunt is a fine movie anyway, sure, but sure, I sure. will never know whether that movie has been elevated in my mind, <laughs> even if I rewatch it, right? Yeah. Because of it being that last taste yeah, before right. going like a year, which is the right. longest I've ever been in my consciousness of not going <laughs> to the theater, which is my favorite way to see a movie yeah, in the crowd. Yeah, by far. Um, and you know what else you just, just touched on? It's not the big award winner small movies with the great performances and stuff like watching those on streaming. It's not that I wouldn't go to the theater and I'd enjoy those. What what I've really missed and what I think we've missed are the community movies, the big concert Mm -hmm. movies. I mean, not getting the James Bond and the top gun and the, what like those are the movies having the Oscar stuff. And keep in mind the majority of people that vote on Oscar movies are getting screeners anyways. Like there's a culture of these are just, or they're going to an movies. industry screening, which is different than that is sitting different, in a crowd yeah. of of audience members. But these so. movies that are kind of big and fun and loud, um, we we are ready for those to come back, and I think they will very soon. I mean, right. it's only February. Probably by the summer, I think we'll be back back in theaters, maybe, so. yeah, maybe less. So. Um, and and on the, along that same line, you remember the trailer for? Uh, or I just watched Monster Hunter. Do you remember seeing that months yeah. months and months yeah, ago? I do. Um, and so that's directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, who did Alien vs. Predator, and he did all the Resident Evil movies. I've never seen any of the Resident Evils, but... Um, There's a lot of them. <laughs> Monster Hunter is really fun. Um, if you are okay with, a like, a B, you know, yeah. action movie, yeah. uh, it has actually wonderful CGI. Like, oh, wow. Okay. Better than that. most yeah um i would put it up there against virtually any cgi in any movie i mean it's monsters and stuff but but just visually the movie is very interesting it's very beautiful um it's got um god what's her name from uh all the resident evils what's her name yeah, uh, not no, 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 not a her. Different person, but um, uh, from uh, Fifth Element. Um, yeah, everyone's screaming at the at the radio right from, now. Uh, anyways, yeah. <laughs> uh, got it right here. Fifth right here. Element, starring Mila, Mila Jovovich. Jovovich. Okay, so Mila yeah, Jovovich is the star, timing. and she's she's pretty badass in this, and it's just a really really fun <clears throat> movie. So I would recommend Monster Hunter. You know, Hunter. Th- this I, I was I was super surprised because it got a lot of negative press early on, and um and this kind of falls into my same theory that I had for um the Lone Ranger to bring mm-hmm. uh, Cannibal Army Hammer potentially sure. uh, allegedly Cannibal <laughs> Army Hammer up again. Um, I, I just often think 
that something's not a lot different from things we've enjoyed, like Resident Evil, right? Oh, there's been 10 of them. And people are like, okay, those are finally done. And now we're doing Monster Hunter, which is probably Resident Evil again, but a different version, Actually, right? this is a Capcom video game called Monster right, Hunter. Right. So it's the same exact thing. He's yeah, just doing exactly. another video game. And, and yeah. I just think people were just like, hey, enough of this. And so then everybody <laughs> hated it. I mean, and that's just, you know, I have no no basis for that. That's just how I, I feel. A lot of times I'm like, oh, right. look, Johnny Depp doing Captain Jack again. You know, we loved that when he did Captain Jack. Right. Now we're tired of it. So yep. I don't often, I don't think it's always, oh, this was good and this was bad. I think a lot of times it's like, understandably, it's like, okay, well, I've seen that a bunch. So I'm, I'm kind of done with it. Yeah. I think right now I was just in the mood for a big oh, I, monster movie. So I yeah. think you, I think everybody should watch it. Um, monster I'll check Hunter it out. I, I expected nothing more than that anyway. Um, I watched two more that I consider to be kind of more uh, Oscar-y type things. But uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about? That's it for me on movies. I, I, so know, let me I'm plow through to... these real quick. Yeah. Um, I watched one on uh, Netflix. I think it's a Netflix original called The Dig. Which, oh yeah, my mom was telling me. Please, about that. please watch it. I think she you'll. Really loved I think it. you'll yeah. love it. I, I think I loved it. I mean, I. It was definitely. <laughs> be, it was better than I thought. But then you also look at it and you're like, oh, but it's Carrie Mulligan and it's Ray Fiennes and it's yeah, uh, yeah. and it's uh, 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 God. What's her place uh, or what's her face from uh, Cinderella? Lily. What's her last name? Lily. Lily yeah. or. J- Lily James, I think, is her name. James. She was in was um, Baby Driver. She was the girl in Baby right. Driver. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. And, and many other people. And it's a absolutely wonderful movie. I I think you know that my one of my least favorite genres is like period British movies. Like I, this isn't quite as period. It's like 1930s. You know, it's it's late okay. 1930s. Okay. It's just at the start of, um, you know, uh, kind of the British bombings of World War II and whatnot. And it's it's uh, really a w- absolutely wonderful movie um and then uh last one i have is nomadland i watched yesterday which is the big one see i haven't gotten to that yet now it's suddenly become the forerunner it is of, uh, and everything it's uh, free on hulu which i think is wonderful you don't have to buy it um yeah, but uh, nomadland is probably the best thing i've seen in the sense that um I believe that it will be the front runner for best actress and best picture, maybe, and probably best screenplay also. Um, I have no reason to think that it couldn't win all three of those. Um, At the same time. Scale of 1 to 11, how depressing are we talking? How depressing. It's not, no. I mean, it's a drama. It's got some elements of that things are a little bleak, but, yeah. um, I didn't mean to derail you. Keep going. No, just, no, that's, it it's like a fair, it's, so, it's a fair but, question. I, I wouldn't put it in the category of, of depressing, but you know, a little bit bleak, but very matter of fact, excuse me. And very realistic to feels topical, right? The li- yeah. The, the lives of people today and a lot of the lives of people in the U S and, yeah. uh, what, what life is like for them. Um, but anyways, I really would recommend it. I think it's a shoe in for most of those things. And, um, yeah, that's probably all I have to say about that. Um, I, I do want to throw out, uh, these will be quick, but a few other movies that I've seen recently that are not like new movies. Um, I, for the first time saw Johnny Mnemonic. (laughs) Um, Oh, wow. And that's that experience. That's crazy. I mean, it's it's incredibly (laughs) creative and, and, uh. And yeah. probably way ahead of its time, to be honest. That's with what you. I was going to say. Watching that years later, after the Matrix and stuff mm-hmm. comes out, not that those are the same movie. Shit, it, I don't think you could crazy. really be in the same mindset of people who saw it first. Exactly. When it came out, right? Exactly. Like, it's just at that point, I, it's I, I mean, it's not super well directed, but it 
but what it is, the bones of it are are really yeah. wonderful. Yeah, um, it has its moments. In the exact same vein, sort of, uh, we watched Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension <laughs> in our movie watching group. And have you seen that? I have, yeah. Um, it's been a while. So that's one that's weird to me because essentially it strikes me as something that if I saw when I was 10, I probably would have really appreciated all of the kind of the the, the bullet points, the creative elements of it, the 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 styles, the sci-fi ideas. I probably would have really gone, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Whereas now all of How us in our 30s watching it for the first time, nobody had seen it. Yeah. Um what we left with was a pretty bad taste. Like we really pretty much disliked it. Um, it's not a good movie. No. And, and the bummer is that it wasn't given a chance. It bombed so badly that the planned sequel that p- potentially would have fleshed out more of the world just never happened. So fuck right. it, whatever. But um, it's, it's a kind of property that people like enough that I really do think you could do a modern the, take. The world of it justice. is yeah. incredibly dense. And I, and I and, think and, and yeah. this again speaks to the like, why are, why do we not remake movies from properties that people like that missed as opposed to this the ones, is, oh, we've got three Spider-Mans that people like. That like, deserves you know, a whole t- you know, episode in and of itself. Yeah. is just like, yeah, of course. It has the bones right. and it just right. needs better execution. Um, speaking of perfect execution, I saw this is something Austin had been saying for a while. Uh, you got to watch this. You got to watch this because he found out I hadn't seen it. I had never seen Basic Instinct. And oh my God. Uh, we've we've plowed through a few Verhoeven movies recently in our yeah. group. We watched yeah. Total Recall. We watched. Um, it's crazy. We watched. Uh, uh, oh God! What did we just watch? Um, what are some other? Ver- we just watched Showgirls, and and um, I've yeah you know and I love Starship Troopers and all of these and. Yeah, yeah. Um, Basic Instinct is by far my favorite of his movies. Like it's after seeing it, movie. I'm like it's a fucking masterpiece, and I don't use it's that great film word lightly. Yeah. It's so tight and perfect and in the yeah. vein of like what movies do we watch that we feel are uh, like 10 out of 10 flawless mm. execution, mm. regardless of whether you like the story. That's not really it, the point. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's, it's not going to get that kind of credit because it's the dirty movie. Pe- quote yeah, people and, aren't going to identify not, with yeah. it the same way as like never gonna get that some level. of the action movies like RoboCop or something where they're just like, I love yeah, you course. know sci-fi or whatever. This it's simply the the topic and the genre is kind of less than yeah, but yeah. the execution yeah. of this it's movie pulp, right? is it's a pulp thing. perfect. It's, yes, it's a pulp story elevated yeah. to a level of filmmaking. And you know, the, it's the only movie of his, like it, yeah. in my opinion, it's the only movie of his that. Um, first of all, is I saw that movie way too young. It was like a sexual <laughs> sure. awakening for me. Sure, sure. Um, but it's the only movie of his that where. You know, you could make an argument for all of his stuff that it is either so genius and people just don't aren't aware. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they're not aware of the head. level he's way working at, head, yeah. or it's pretty dumb and like you know what I mean. He stumbles <laughs> into the good stuff, but sure. really, like he doesn't know. And like you could really make a pretty convincing case, I think, of either of those points of view. I'm not uh-huh. arguing one or the other. For almost all of his stuff, I think this is the only one where you can't argue he didn't know exactly what he Correct. was doing and worked it Which out. Which then leads you to believe that all the rest of his movies were just as calculated, right. Right. and that we didn't exactly. get it, and that exactly, you know, exactly. I mean, and Basic Instinct is also gorgeous. 
Like yeah. it is yeah. so stunning. Is uh, uh, cinematographer was Jan DeBont, you know, did Speed and so many cool things. And oh, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just, Jan. I just think it's it's like it's shot like an action movie. It has no business looking as good as it does. It's so good. Um, yep. Anyways, the, and then moving along, uh, last couple. Um, I rewatched Ronin, which I love. I just wanted to say again that if you haven't watched Ronin recently, it's fantastic. If you're a fan of car chases, yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, honestly, it's also just it's a wonderful adult R-rated movie. Like it's just so wonderfully adult and R-rated. Yeah. It's, it's just it's great. a it's great, great. Uh, uh, intelligent. It's intelligent espionage yes. movie, Correct. right? Like it's Correct. not you know we go for we love the Mission Impossibles, and mm-hmm. then we talk about like the clear and present danger being a different thing. Yeah, and it's like one of those. It's kind of like okay, this is a thought out intricate moving lot of pieces it's not going to be the romantic action it's going to be like brutal kind of action i mean the way i didn't even remember because i've seen ronan like a hundred times but i haven't seen it in so long and i didn't even remember all the elements of yeah uh, you know when when uh uh when um god damn it uh when de niro bean. no when de niro is oh yeah the sean bean character is nuts and it's so interesting that it's great. a person like that is in that movie that's something that like would that. not happen in any other kind like you said it has to be that kind of grounded it's realistic so spy movie to have that weird that that character yeah. exists in that movie um and then also you know the de niro there's a moment where he's like i never left i don't know if you remember the context yeah, but it's like i do that's the whole point of the movie, and it's so right. satisfying. Right. It's so heavy. Um, anyways, and then uh, a couple last things. Uh, we watched – have you ever seen Silent Movie, the Mel Brooks yeah. movie? Yeah. No. So, I've seen all Mel Austin, Brooks. Honestly, okay, I think sure. I've seen every one. I hadn't point. seen that. Austin picked that for our movie <laughs> night, and uh, that was like – Mel Brooks and his buddies made a movie over the weekend. Like yes, that is what yes. that movie is. And it's so silly. And uh, I can't say it's one of his finer you know, no, works at all, but it's still fun, but it's fun. It's super goofy. Um, yeah. And lastly, I, I don't want to take up a ton of time with this, but basically we plowed through or I plowed through the rest of the alien movies um, because we watched a couple in the group. Right. Now, now we're uh, we're getting through, or now everyone's individually getting through the rest of them. So I watched them all, and okay. I had never seen Alien versus Predator Requiem. Um, I had seen Alien versus Predator when it came out, but Alien yeah. versus Predator is really good, and I would say very underrated, even though it's not part of maybe the official chronology or canon right. in the in the right. same way that you know Ridley would accept. But it yeah. is uh, Alien versus Predator is very good. It's PG-13. I fundamentally reject it for that reason. What yeah. you just said, yeah, yeah, however, yeah. yeah, like you said, um, have yeah. you seen Requiem though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, okay. that, that's what I'm saying. I, I reject it on the merits of those things, Alien but not versus, on the merits of a like as a film. You know, yeah, Alien versus Predator Requiem is not good. It's uh, one of the darkest movies I've ever seen visually. Like I, I yeah, don't know, they didn't have lights or something. It's like the like, the Night King battle. What episode exactly, three? Of exactly. The I've never. I've. Ne- I, I mean, like I have a really good TV, and I had a really good copy of it, and I have all my settings dialed in, and I couldn't yeah. fucking yeah. see anything. <laughs> that movie <laughs> yeah. and it's it's the only answer is it's just so poorly lit or poorly it's a decision they made the yeah, dp made to decision. just fucking not light anything it's so contrasty and weird um that being said i still enjoyed all of these um i <laughs> you're gonna hate me for this but i watched prometheus and alien covenant oh. you know back to back and yeah. um i hadn't watched them in a while in my mind, I've, for the last many years, had a lot of shit to say about Prometheus. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
potentially a lot of love for Covenant. And on this oh, okay. watch, it completely flipped. Mm. I have so much more kind of respect is probably not the word, but I just really, I liked Prometheus way more. I let go of a few of the characters that are so poorly crafted mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the movie as a whole and what it was doing, I really liked. And then Alien Covenant um, essentially has a good first act and then two shitty acts after that. So right, I think right. it really deserves even more scrutiny. Um, well, but uh, I don't have any love for either of them, so I'm fine with you liking <laughs> sure, either sure, of them sure. better. The, the only love I have for either of them is I, I genuinely believe uh, they both of them they're they're two of the best fastbender performances from somebody who I think gives all good performances. And, and, so and to good. me, that's yeah. what's such a drag to me is that I want the films to be on the level of Alien and Aliens because mm -hmm. like I want that great performance to be in a great movie the and center not be of, sort of wasted. Yeah, right. And he's just so good as the I mean that whole opening of Prometheus where he's just mm -hmm. on the ship riding around and watching Lawrence of Arabia and sort of becoming Peter yep. O'Toole and trying to be human and I mean that is that stuff that, that's five minutes of throwaway time. That but it's beautiful. Absolutely, and those crushes. elements are what elevate Prometheus. Like you know, they're for every you know scene with a really stupidly written performance and acted performance. It you have him doing all this yeah. stuff, and yeah. you're just Holy like, oh, yeah. great. Apologies for the dogs, by the way. There's dogs oh, barking fine. outside. If anybody can hear it, all good. Um, anyways, that's it for uh, for movies. I have a couple of TV bits, but uh, tell me if you've got any TV to talk about. I, I really just got one that I want to throw out there. Yeah, that shoot. we started. Obviously, we're still doing WandaVision, but um, oh yeah, love uh, it. have you watched any of Resident Alien? Have you seen any? Yeah, of that Jess at all? texted me. I was going to ask you if you've been watching it with her. I assume you have. Yeah, we're. we're I'm not up caught to, up, uh, but. Okay, um, yeah, so, so I'm not going to mention anything particularly, <laughs> but I just want to say every now and again, a show comes along that <laughs> you're like, this is the perfect role right. for Alan, a certain Alan actor, is like... regardless of how you feel about him or the show or whatever. And I, and I also enjoy the show. I'm not saying the show is not good, sure. but he is so... But he is a 11 out of 10 yes, for yes. playing this alien who's trying to be. I mean, it's like there's nothing that's been written so perfectly for him. And I like him and everything. But the fights um, with the child great. that I've seen so far Holy are yes. the reason to watch the show. And the kid is pretty good. Like he's doing a pretty good job. Yeah. But yeah. The, how it's written, the back and forth oh is so satisfying. Yeah. His <laughs> just the lines of dialogue and his delivery of by, them. By the way, folks, uh, if you don't know what Resident Alien is, it's a, yeah, sure. an, a one hour drama, comedy drama on the sci fi network of all things. I can't tell you the last time mm -hmm. I watched like a basic cable television show. The only thing I can think of is Snowpiercer, Star Trek which is on Voyager. TNT. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. There's no basic cable shows that I watch. Um, right. But this, for some reason, is on sci fi. Like it really should be a Hulu original or something yeah. like yeah. that. But Agreed. for some reason, it's on sci fi. And, um, and it's just, it's about an alien who is blending in with human society because he has to for now. Yep. And so he has a, a, he has a human, you know, disguise essentially, but it's, uh, it's very good. It's and very he's good. tried to learn how to blend in by watching television. So, nice. I mean, that in and of itself <laughs> is pretty great. And, and just, he just Googles things like when he yeah, needs to yeah. figure something out. Yeah, exactly. Which is great. Quickly and and it, watch, yeah. watch the trailer. You'll know right then whether you want to give it a shot. Of it, but, um, yeah. but he is perfect and right. um i mean truly i i don't 
I don't get too into kind of this is the important role, this is the unimportant role. Right. To me, it's just kind of like how much was it, you know, crushed? And this was absolutely crushed. Yes. Um, and it's got kind of that feeling, too. It's a small town. It's got kind of a feeling of, I don't know if you ever watched this as an old show, but um, Northern Exposure. It's almost got like that where an alien dropped it. into the yep. middle of yep. it. <laughs> like it's a little bit David Lynch and a little bit like this right. 80s kind of heartwarming thing. So anyway. So uh, uh, I'm, I'm with you on all that. And I would love to see him get nominated for like an Emmy God, for so it because good. he, he could. Too. It Jesus, absolutely is great. deserved if if they can figure out how to nominate a sci-fi show <laughs> for an Emmy. I know. He won't. Um, That's the thing. He won't they won't. They okay. won't. Um, so uh, real quick on TV or maybe not real quick. Uh, there are four documentary series that I crushed uh, oh, or Jesus. they're not all series three of them are series uh, or two two are TV documentaries and two are series okay. um, the first one is the New York Times presents framing Britney Spears did you watch that uh, not yet I really want to and uh, I think we're going to watch it together but Jess has been kind of uh hesitant to start it like oh, she really? isn't ready to start it yet so it's, i'm kind of waiting on her but i want to watch yeah it. it's pretty significant and uh you know the the context of it now is that she's at a point where i think even more so than ever she needs support from you know the community that doesn't really know what's going on with yeah. Brittany yeah. and and uh, not that this tells you everything but it um i've tried to f- supplement this with some other documentaries online there's a really long there's like a six hour one on youtube you can watch that's really thorough um but uh it's just fascinating so that's just one that we lived through so much you know i mean this is like that's part of the reason that i'm so so like fresh in our in our uh zeitgeist that we can't we can't even we can't even disconnect from it and go something that happened it's like it's kind of still happening and it's weird it's pretty um it's pretty um i watched did you tell me about the OnlyFans? Uh, one or was that somebody else? It's ABC uh, News Originals OnlyFans yeah, selling yeah. sexy. Um, that is fascinating too because I didn't really know anything about OnlyFans other than that it's an app that people subscribe to essentially. But that's the thing; it's really not porn as much as it's just like a heavily adult slanted subscription yeah. service. I mean, it could be anything. Like there's you might be really into feet. This I don't is know. like the it's, escort thing where you right. talk about like, oh yeah, some of this is just basic hooker stuff. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to be dismissive. And then sure. other ones are, this guy wants companionship for whatever. Yeah. I mean, you hear all Absolutely. these different stories and stuff. I've been fascinated in the idea of this special documentary, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, ever since I saw Hot Girls Wanted. Um, oh, right. Which you've talked about. I've never seen um, it, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rashada uh, directed and produced that one. Is that um, is that about this app or is what is no, Hot Girl no, no, Wanted but, about? No, and that is really about the porn industry and girls that get pulled into okay. it. But right. but it's but they're just they're just it's interesting to think about. I mean, the OnlyFans yeah. kind of falls into the same thing to me, just in terms of like, I don't know. It, it's just thought provoking. I don't know what yeah. else to say. I mean, and anytime you talk about this stuff, just like a basic instinct, you immediately get kind of the eye roll of like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, yeah, so you're like interested because it's like the porn or sex. Sure. But no, it's like I genuinely thinking about like capitalism and you know selling yourself how you know what you can do what what the angles are to try to escape that working nine to five thing Mm -hmm. that there's just so many things and 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 i know he's not popular and i'm I'm gonna you know once again i'm gonna fall back into a woody allen thing but one of my all-time favorite woody allen moments Uh ever is um, mighty aphrodite where he's talking to her she's a hooker and he spent the afternoon they haven't even slept together and he's just like 
he's literally the one who's hired her because he wanted a prostitute. But, it, but then he gets into a conversation with her and he's like, well, you know, why do you do that? How can you do this? Yeah. You, know, how can you, you know, and he's the one who's like paid and, and that's the kind of the, the genius of it. And she's just like, oh, yeah, beats the hell out of waitressing. And he's like, you're the fifth hooker to say that to me. He's like, how bad is waitressing? And, and it's always been this moment that's just stuck in my mind is like, mm-hmm. what kind of hell is this job, you know, mm-hmm. that's respectable, quote unquote. And where do we draw the line? Obviously, certain things are dangerous. But if this is OnlyFans and you're on a link at your own house, which has changed the whole game. Yeah, you can argue you know, it's freedom it, versus servitude, and, you know. Right. And, like and, and I always go back to my roommate in college who just said, you know, if I was a hot girl, I'd just sleep my way through it right through college, <laughs> which I know isn't an appropriate <laughs> thing to say. He might be wrong. But that's what he said when we were 20 right. years old. So it's, anyway. Well, it's something. Um, yeah. The last two that I have are both like mini series um the crime scene at uh crime scene colon the vanishing at the cecil hotel did you guys watch that yet don't know that one that's wonderful you guys got to watch that especially because you live close to downtown downtown is the centerpiece of this uh, short documentary series on netflix and um the cecil hotel is the hotel where they found the woman in the water tower years ago do you remember that yeah so it's about that it's about that girl but it is such a well-crafted doc series Uh, i think it's produced by brian grazer and uh and uh uh, Ron Howard. And so it's very well done. And it is um, just as much a documentary about downtown LA and the history of this old building and all of the the weirdness with downtown and tourists that come to LA and all of these things. Um, I think it's like a four episode. Um, but anyways, uh, that's probably one of the best like true crime doc series I've seen recently. And then the okay. last one, did you guys watch, this is not new. This is from a year ago or two years ago on Netflix, but uh, Lori kept telling me, well, if you like those other things, like you see hotel and these other things, you got to watch. Don't fuck with cats. Have you seen that? <laughs> No, but I love the title okay. so much. Okay, it's Tell called Don't Fuck With Cats, and okay. it is about the true story of this. It's it's a tough subject, and and not everybody's going to enjoy watching it, but I would encourage you, even if you feel squeamish about it, uh, to just power through. Know that the, the editing of the documentary never shows anything overly graphic in this context, but it's about a guy who was murdering cats and sharing that video online and the internet community read it and everything, you know, became like a detective agency trying to figure out who this fuck was. And uh, essentially it's a very dense story of the internet community. And then ultimately other parties get involved uh, to figure out who this psychopath is. Um, And it gets so much deeper than that. Um, But it's totally fascinating. And, um, you know, and they edit around the really terrible parts that are yeah. that are in the videos, yeah. but you know they kind of cut around it. But, um, anyways, I you know, you know it's great. This is one of the interesting things about the internet, and and one you know we always talk about how terrible and how how you know bad things can go with the internet. Yeah. But this is one of those things where you talk about the good and the bad, mm-hmm. and how because I'll be gone in the dark. You know, same mm-hmm. thing. Sure. Yeah. It, it, you know this idea of this community online that becomes you know kind of semi obsessed with something and develops. A little community um, and they end up sharing enough stuff with so many people mm-hmm. that that's how you crack a case. And I know DNA yep. evidence, too, stays on file forever. But it, but it's very encouraging now thinking about people that you thought had vanished and would never be caught for doing heinous things yep. 20, 30 years on. 
those cases, you know, it's not, you know, the person may be old, they may mm-hmm. have passed away, but just being able to reopen those and solve mm-hmm. those is very encouraging. I mean, it's like, it really is like a positive thing to me. These last way. two I just mentioned, Don't Fuck With Cats and the True Crime uh, Cecil Hotel one, both have large elements of, of internet kind of participation in the case, uh, but they both have a certain amount of counterpoints of why, you know, no matter, I, I guess, I guess the question remains at what point is, uh, are the, the law enforcement communities of the world going to really participate in that conversation yeah. online Come or on. are they going to ignore it? And the majority of these two docs posit that for the most part, they ignore it. And yeah. there's We're the uh, there's a there's a case to be made that if they hadn't ignored it, they would have gotten further. But uh, you kind of make up your own mind. Uh, but you know yeah, what? You could wild. have an entire department that is born out of this because maybe, yeah, maybe you don't ever get the detectives. They don't have the time. Look, man, we're professionals. Yeah, we don't because totally. there's a yeah. bunch of dead leads that you're following. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. maybe there's a department that then monitors that and can and can be leads. This is the argument. Between. I mean, yeah. that would be you kind of got to bridge think, the gap but, somewhere, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, you can't just uh, be be dismissive. Um, right. So right. let's talk about some news. Is that all right if we do that? Absolutely, man. Um, let's jump in. There were some uh, deaths, some very famous people. Hal, Hal Holbrook died. Uh, he was 95. Yeah. Dustin Diamond God, was only 44. Um, Dude, that's that happened crazy. so fast. Um, crazy. That kind of shook me because mm-hmm. not that I've, I've thought about Screech very much. But, right. you know, you, a certain age group you watch Saved by the Bell and to have that come up and be like hey did so you guys hear that he was diagnosed with mm-hmm. you know and then oh two weeks later he's dead you know i mean that was very jarring uh, mm-hmm. to me um anyway yeah sad. it's terrible um at that age and uh and uh, christopher Plummer also passed at 91 um you know these are some pretty big names long um, run. but very uh, long Cic- is it cicely yeah. tyson um the the african-american actress did you read it all no. about her knock down some doors you know she's just she's one of those legends uh, in the black community mm-hmm. for and she, i think she was 95 oh really also. but but a lot of these i mean honestly yep. we just talked about three people in their 90s maybe yep. she was like 85 but long yep. long run i mean um yep. you know it was uh you know that's what more can you really ask for i guess yeah. but uh the dustin diamond thing yeah was very that's terrible yeah very sad to me um so some news about tv and whatnot um have you started yellowstone yet have you gotten into that no and you I know, know your funny? family's into it right yeah my mom and brother love it but my not my boss now my previous property manager um recently um because we're all linked on the same like you know email stuff for work just recently like shot me a message and was like oh dude over the weekend, I binged three seasons of Holy shit. <laughs> and I haven't talked to her in a long time, but we used to like, when we come into the office, what we would generally do is just shoot the shit about movies and stuff. Because mm-hmm. right when I started working for her at this building, that was when COVID hit. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, there's nothing to do, but watch stuff. And we both got really into Dave. Yeah. So we would come in and sure. talk about Dave. So anyway, uh, she was just like, Hey man, how's it going? And I was like, pretty good. And she was like, uh, I just wanted to let you know, you got to watch Yellowstone. <laughs> and she just yeah. talked and talked yeah. about it. So um, it is, yeah, it is again, uh, a soap opera, but in the absolute best way possible. Again, it's a Taylor Sheridan product. You Those know, are my favorite things. Producer. The best so possible it, soap opera. It really, yeah, it really kind of combines, but uh, there's news that they're doing an origin series because <laughs> Yellowstone takes place in modern day. And there's this right. implication that, Kevin Costner's character uh, and his family have owned this ranch for generations. Yeah. yeah. But I think the origin 
series, which will be a spinoff, will be the 18, like, 80s, which I think is fucking awesome. So I can't wait if they do that. Um, Unfortunate news, Truth Seekers was canceled. I don't know if you saw that. But fuck, man, I really thoroughly enjoyed that. You dug it, right? Yeah, it was was so good. I don't understand why Maybe nobody watched it. That's all I can think, but it was extremely... uh, uh, it was definitely very entertaining. And as far as Nick Frost um, and Simon Pegg products, it's like it was right up, the, you know, in line yeah. with their other stuff. I don't know w- what would have caused them to not. I mean, it can, well, couldn't have cost much money. It's such a tiny show. And you think they're they're popular enough that yeah, even if it's not right. a good show, like just their fans they're not will come nobody. around and watch yeah. it. Uh, I really yeah. don't get that one. I'm really confused with all the things that are produced as original series, uh, the amount of money thrown at shows. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a pretty significant um, audience backlash about it, but uh, I guess we'll see. Yeah, I really dug yeah. that one. That is a drag. Anyway. Um, there are some rumors that uh, Disney might be looking to buy MGM, which would be interesting. Uh, obviously, okay. the more they have, the weirder it is. Um, yeah. But whatever, yeah. you know. God, it is I, weird. It's, it's, it is weird. You know, when you just start and gobbling And you just don't know up. how to feel about it. It's right. like, it's kind of like Bezos making all this mm-hmm. money where you're kind of like, I mean, well, it's free capitalism and he's the smartest. Speaking and of I him, use Amazon. Um, yeah, the rumor that. is that Amazon, you know, is, is potentially in the market to buy AMC. That may not happen. Yeah. But, you know, again, and, and then it brings – I haven't looked into this, but it brings up this whole point. There was literally legislation passed decades ago to say that movie studios could not own movie theaters. And that was a big problem for many years, the monopoly of a studio owning yeah. its theaters because in the beginning, that's all that they did. You know, right. so Lowe's was right. owned by, you know, whoever, MGM. I forget who they all own. But anyways, point being that – um it really, really is a question of at what point is it too much, and uh, but that's again, not relevant anymore and should be ended because what you've got now is you've got these platforms who can control all their own distribution, yeah, right. So and then you've got the theaters who are hamstrung by legislation mm-hmm. that was passed and necessary it's, in it's the twenties. Backwards, and I think that's like, the yeah, argument that's the is that I don't think it holds up anymore. We know that Netflix just bought the Egyptian theater. There is precedent for this. Maybe it's a difference of like how many they own. Maybe maybe the right. legislation says they can't own you know thousands but amc is the biggest movie chain in the world so um i i don't really know much about it but anyways um another thing that's cool is danny elfman is going to be (laughs) the composer for he's going to score dr strange multiverse of madness which i think is is cool news he he seems Um, the appropriate pick for that there's uh, there's something about that because uh we get michael giacchino doing most of this marvel shit or whoever and it's like he's fine you know he's a talented composer but danny elfman's nuts and that might be what it needs you know he's part of the assembly line and elfman's not there's nothing wrong with the assembly line that's what makes bring in outside influence and it'll probably make taika with tt and you change the game a little bit for like a thor so i think you're absolutely right Um, by the way did you you watch i know we talked about this this is going back a ways but the movies that made us just like the toys that uh, made us i know i've talked to you about those series yeah did you watch the one with um nightmare Nightmare on elm street So, yeah. yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. I meant before Christmas. Yeah. The Danny Elfman stuff was the most interesting stuff to me. Talking totally. about him kind of working through his stuff. Absolutely. And the composer and wanting to do the voices. And Doing anyway. the voice for a while. Yeah. And then it's cool. You guys should check that out, listeners, they, if you haven't yeah. checked that out. It's um, did you read this rumor that the new Indiana Jones is going to center around the Fountain of Youth? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I, 
I just yeah. think, of course it is. Isn't there of course enough? It is. Give Isn't us a reason to de-age Harrison Ford in this fucking going movie. On. <laughs> yeah. I, it's just crazy. Um, also Listen, weird. I, yeah. No, it's okay. It's okay. That, I, I hit a nerve. I, I hit a nerve. We don't need thirty minutes of me. Everybody knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keep going. Um, there's. No, apparent... Wait, wait. One thing. One thing. Oh, sorry. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> this is what's sad, right? I love the property so much, and even with the fourth one being bad, and like Kevin always made this argument, right? Why don't you want more Star Wars because the prequels were bad? You, you've already left it on a bad note. It's not like ending on a good note and then continuing. And I agree. Yeah. That's not as bad. However. It doesn't mean I want two or three that aren't as good as the three that are. And also, th- this Indiana Jones, when it got delayed because of COVID, I was like, maybe it won't happen. Right, right, right. I hate myself so much. I love Harrison. I want him to keep working. I want him to live another 20 years. He's sure. my all-time favorite. He's the, the grand champion of movie heroes for Patrick. Sure. But at the same time, I was just like, maybe it'll fall apart. Like, right. maybe they won't make it now. Even this pandemic is stopping it. But it's going forward. Anyway, gonna let's keep going. It. I think they're going to make it. And I think it. they're going to de-age him. And I think he's gonna. we're going to see young Harrison Ford running around for some reason. Uh, you know. Um, okay. So uh, another fun one is that it's uh, supposedly that they're doing a face-off direct sequel. <laughs> And with, with no with no necessarily news of John and Nick coming back, but the implication I mean it was very clearly worded in in the press was direct sequel. So wow. I, I don't know why that wouldn't be, um, but I guess we'll see what happens with that. I I mean we just talked about it recently. There's been a lot of uh, yeah. kind of John Woo yeah, stuff in the news. I don't know. It's uh, it, <laughs> is it, be, would it be John Woo? Is it John I don't know. I, I, I actually don't think so. But um, I mean he hasn't done anything and he hasn't done much no. in recent years. I don't think it would be him. But uh, I didn't I didn't super read into it. Yeah. Um, okay. The last little bit of news I have was which I also don't know all of the details. Details, but you know we've talked about Tom Cruise and his Mission Impossible rant and all that kind of stuff during yeah. COVID. But they were working in the UAE and they abandoned their set because all kinds of new travel restrictions were put in place that would have, I think, the implications that would have kept the crew there longer than it should have because oh, of wow. you know quarantining procedures and not being able to travel across you know country lines and stuff. And so everyone just left. And I, I don't even know that production had a choice because I, I have a feeling the way that it went down is that crew got wind of what was about to happen, you know, in the yeah. travel sector. Yeah. And they just fucking said, I'm going home tomorrow, Peace. you know, and, and then yeah. everyone left. So I don't know what exactly that means, but Kelly, um, I'm sure Tom was not happy. <laughs> uh, these productions just got a lot more impossible. Yes, they did. <laughs> Mission Impossible. Make a movie. <laughs> if they can pull these ones off. Um, isn't it kind of wild that funny. like after six movies in 20 years, yeah. they decide to shoot back-to-back, like essentially companion pieces, <laughs> yes. and that's when like the pandemic hits and Jesus. they have to abandon set. Anyway, It's so true. I'll st- I'm still going whenever they come out. I love of them. Of course, yeah. Um, now we can move on to some upcoming movies, some trailers, some stuff. Um, did you want – there's a bunch of trailers um, 
Did you watch the – well, firstly, at the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl happened a couple weeks ago. Um, Did it? They had – yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. That? They I had trailers for – they had like a teaser for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They had yeah. the Coming to America trailer, yeah. whatever. Um, one that was really annoying to me was that uh, CBS All Access is rebranding as Paramount Plus so that yeah. they can take advantage of the whole Paramount library, whatever. Yeah. Paramount yeah. is, for many, like we worked at Sony for a long time, and you know, a lot of statistics showed that Paramount was the the worst, I don't, you know, on many metrics of the major studios for many years, usually tied with Sony. They were going back and forth for many years right. on revenue right. yeah. and, and just yeah. various things. We were the bad news bears. Um, exactly. And, uh, and it's just weird because I just don't think they have enough in their library. But it's evidenced by there's a whole series of commercials for Paramount Plus, uh, you know, at the Super Bowl, and they're just really bad. And the whole point was that they had, yeah. like, all of their characters from their movies together and you're just like i don't care about any of these people yeah. you know like and they don't seem to know what to do with the good it, stuff that they've so got i mean clear to me so that the people at cbs and at paramount are just like not good at making decisions yeah. whoever picked who what characters and and intellectual property was going to be represented in those ads is garbage it, they all it was dumb they obviously brought in the the pinnacle of their content right now is really the the star trek universe and even that was just so forced and you had right. like you know captain pike and you had picard and you had all these people yeah, and right, four was, different shows now just, just to try so to lame you know and it's a drag this is the nostalgic movie fan and movie myth you know movie this is what makes me like once upon a time in hollywood yeah but Paramount's such a beautiful lot. Oh, yeah. And, and it feels like a lot of when people's favorite in, lot. Yeah. Oh, I worked there a couple of times. It's my favorite. I'm, I'm just talking yeah. about in regards to, yeah, you walk in. Prestige. And whatever yeah. you pictured when you were a kid of going mm-hmm. through the gates of a studio and walking around a lot. Yeah. To me, that studio feels like that. Yes. More than Still Universal, does. more than Warner Brothers, more and Warner Brothers has that feel too. More than Sony, certainly. Yes. Um, and that's just kind of a drag. I mean, uh, also, I mean, at the holiday time, they just, oh, they would always right. just do it up the way you, it felt like old Hollywood. And yep. it's just kind of a, kind of a Yet bummer. Yet they can't make good movies. Yeah, that's <laughs> the most important part. <laughs> anyway. It's such a bummer. Um, there are some other fun trailers that have come out, like the Cru- Cruella, Cruella trailer. Yep. Looks fun. Speaking of Glenn um, Close, it doesn't even look like her right. in this one. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see Emma Stone in something again. Like she, yeah, she yeah. did the favorite and, uh, this is, I think, the next thing she did. I think um, she'll crush it. Um, I think so. I, uh, yeah. My mom, it was funny, my mom, I was talking to my mom on the phone yesterday. She said, so she's doing the Joker. <laughs> and I was like, I yes. was like, well, she's doing Corella. And she was like, no, I know, but she's but doing the Joker. And I was like, I can't really argue with that. It it, seems, that's actually yeah. been online. I've seen more than one person oh, really? say basically they were going for the Joker with this. The director yeah. is a guy named Craig Gillespie. He did I, Tonya, Lars and the Real Girl, oh. The Finest Hours. Like, he has a good resume. Yeah, I liked um, all of them. I liked all of those. Um, one of the writers is Tony McNamara, who did The Favorite. So it's, like, a very positive group of people that they mm. got to do this. Right. Uh, I guess we'll see how good it is. That comes out in May. Um, we got the trailer for the Zack Snyder Justice League, which, for some fucking reason, is 
four by three, it's square aspect ratio trailer, and you're just like, God damn it, he's so pretentious. Why? 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 Let me tell the you, the movie's not four by three. Why is the trailer? That trailer um, echoed everything that we talked about last episode, where I was like, I'm gonna watch it. There's no way I'm not gonna watch it yeah. because of all this. Th- yeah, yeah. There's nothing in that trailer, <laughs> nothing that can convince. I would put my life on it. Yeah, this movie is. No different and in no, no way different. better. If any or ways, even worse if, it, than the one it, that came out. Because Release Josh, the Snyder Cut. Josh, <laughs> we, I mean, like, obviously the, the the followers of Zack Snyder have every right to to want to see this movie and sure. enjoy it. They will, sure. I'm sure. But for those of us that don't care about Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder at all, there's no way it's going to be better. And I can't wait to watch it and see that for myself. Um, you know, yeah. Zack Snyder, this is all I'm going to say. He was the perfect director for 300. <laughs> right. And that's you it. Know what I mean, that's like that. And, and if you're going to make more of those movies than I'm yeah. in and right. it just needs to be the graphic novel that is nothing but surface greatness. And yeah. that's all we need. And there you go. Um, we got a trailer for the new Mortal Kombat. That'll be out April 16th on HBO Max. So Do check you that care out. about that um, at all? I mean, I'll watch it because it's free on HBO Max. Um, yeah. We watched I mean, we watched Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat as one of our- A few months ago. Yeah. 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 And I, I got to say, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. And I um, thought, I, I think if I was 13, I would feel yeah. exactly about this trailer as I did about the Mortal Kombat movie that came out when I was 13. Yeah. And I'd be yeah, like, yeah. fuck yeah. I was watching this one and I was just like, maybe I've just aged out of that. I'm still going to watch it too. But I, yeah, there, And there were cool moments. But people reacting to that trailer is as if they are seeing- it's like finally. I don't you know, know. What I, mean? I don't know about that. Yeah. Oh, dude, I've read so much. Sure, just been, I, I believe those it's people been are out there. I'm just Twitter's like, been I popping. Know. There's like, I mean, I don't know. There's a case to be made like, okay, that whatever the revisiting of any of these properties, especially video game properties, to a lot of people, it, you know, if yeah. they can see that a video game properly property is being taken seriously and maybe revamped in a very modern way, and rated R. Uh, yeah, exactly. Something. Then you could make the case that I mean, in the fucking trailer. Sub-Zero cuts a guy, and then as the blood squirts out, freezes, freezes it, turns knife. it into that's, a knife, and then stabs him moments. with it. And I'm like, that's fucking cool. <laughs> when I said there were moments, that's exactly the moment I was that's, talking about. I was that's like, so fucking cool. So I don't know. I mean, it, it looks okay. Nobody, I don't recognize like a single actor in it, so I can't, yeah. I can't say yeah. that it'll hold up uh, performance-wise, but maybe. Um, no Johnny Cage in the trailer. I don't know if you remember oh, that character from interesting, when we watched it. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, a couple of TV things that are coming up soon. Uh, in a few days, I think we're getting a four-part miniseries called Allen versus Pharaoh on HBO. So that'll be very interesting to see the Woody Allen versus Mia Pharaoh like docu series about their back and Could forth. Could not be more interested in that. Yeah, right. Um, so we'll see what what that ends up being and uh, how much uh, people <laughs> remember. That uh, Woody Allen is this problematic person after that. Um, and then uh, there's an AMC series that we got a trailer for that looks really good. AMC has such a good track record. I think virtually everything AMC does is wonderful. Um, for some reason, they've really cut down on their production during COVID. Like a lot of the AMC shows that should be getting new seasons aren't right now. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I be, I, maybe because of COVID, I don't know. Um, but it's called Kevin Can Fuck Himself, which I think is a cool title. <laughs> um, and it's starring uh, Annie Murphy, who is uh, Alexis on Schitt's Creek. And so I have this theory about her because she, of course, won the Emmy a few months ago for Schitt's Creek. She did six seasons of Schitt's Creek. And she Great is job. 
in my mind, the best part of the show. I've always maintained that the, the, the pivotal and most important and most wonderful parts of the show are her and Dan Levy. The parents are secondary, essentially, and all the other characters yeah. are secondary. Yeah. Wonderful, Agreed. but secondary. Supporting, and supporting. really, I would argue that Annie is the show. Uh, Dan is kind of the show, too, but in terms of kind of how much energy is brought to the show, I think it's really all her. And what's weird is that she's the odd man out. Like, when you hear Dan talk about when they originally cast that character, you know, his dad's in the show, his sister's in the show, yep. Catherine O'Hare's in the show, that's like, yep. you know, a second mother. It's a family affair, and then they had to go out and cast the sister, and they didn't know her. She came into a casting session, and they were like, oh, my God, she's perfect, you know, and she took off in a sense, I think, because she is the odd man out. She's, I don't think, had a very lengthy career before this, if at all, and then just kills it as this character, and in my mind, I'm going, uh, I don't know much about acting, but what I take from it is that Either Annie Murphy is so much like Alexis in real life that she fit right into this mold, which is a very reductive, not very nice way to look at it. Or what's more possible is that she's an incredible, incredible actress and she's not that person at all and is able to totally do it in a way that, uh, I mean, Alexis is such a great character. Anyways, the point is that this show kind of shows that off and I would recommend if you haven't watched that trailer because there is something in the zeitgeist right now about television kind of uh, uh, television cliches breaking out and WandaVision is an example mm-hmm. of that oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there are just these concepts that seem to be floating around there's more than one of these types of shows being made right now and this one is very much like that it's like a it's like a multi-camera sitcom inside of a drama yeah. is what it sounds yeah. like it yeah. is. Um, anyway, so I'm very excited to see that. Um, Apple TV Plus has dates for Mythic Quest Season 2, May 7th. They've got a show with Justin Thoreau called uh, Mosquito Coast that looks really good coming out April 30th. Mosquito Coast based on the movie, the Harrison Ford movie Mosquito Coast? You know, I've or... never seen that movie, but it is a- Is it a man uh, who moves his family out of the country and tries to develop his own nation state, essentially? sounds like maybe something like that. I You'll have to look it up because I don't know the movie. Because that's the movie, you know, and you yeah. can say this is the art fartsy fartsy movie and this is not the reason Harrison Ford is who he is to all Mm -hmm. of us because he makes Indiana Jones and we love him for that but I think as the serious actor quote unquote there's been multiple interviews where Harrison Ford talked about, you know, the most proud I am of any performance is the Mosquito Coast. And, is that right? um, Yeah, and um, River Phoenix plays his son. That is where they met, uh, to which later he suggested, if you want to get somebody who looks like me when I was Mm -hmm. younger and can act like me, who's very similar to me, we get along. Mm -hmm. He's like, our personalities are similar. He told Steven Spielberg, uh, River Phoenix, and, you know, obviously. Interesting. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, that's where that comes from. But it is a, I mean, it's a brutal movie. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a movie that it is about society and humans and trying to, you know, understand and maybe have something different and better. And it's not a movie that almost really fits in kind of the time span of Harrison's career. It's more of Mm -hmm. kind of one of those seventies examining everything movies that it was maybe 10 years too late that movie, Mm -hmm. but it's interesting. You should check it out if you want to. I mean, I'm not saying, I'm assuming the show is based on that, but um, it's, it's about uh, the trailer makes it uh, look like it's a guy and his family that are moving to a third world country for some reason. And I I don't really know what the reason is. 
Um, yeah. But a lot of danger ensues. Wants to get know. off the hamster wheel, essentially, and stop being part of the you know sure. the assembly line is what it is. Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, and then lastly, right. on that upcoming, uh, we you know South Park was renewed for multiple more seasons. I think at least two more. Yet we haven't gotten any normal s- series uh, or seasons since COVID. All that we got was the pandemic special, which was, which was great. awesome. Which was awesome. But it it <laughs> makes me wonder, like, why are they not producing the show? They can do it themselves in their office. They just record their voices and then it's animated yeah. elsewhere. Like, Especially right now, it seems like that would be one that just, would flourish. Totally. And I don't, I don't get it. I guess it, it very well could be that they just have decided it's not worth it, um, whatever. I don't know. But we did get news uh, a couple of days ago that there is a new special that they made, and it's called the Vaccination Special. And that will be out okay, March right 10th. So right I'm very on. excited for that. That's only okay. in about three weeks. Um, and uh, that's it for news. Well, well one, than, more, one more yeah, piece yeah, before ahead. you move on. I just wanted to mention, and I should have brought this up earlier, but go I was ahead. just going through my notes. You heard about Ashley Judd? Um, her situation. Remember. What is her situation? She's in the Congo, right? Like, and she's been doing oh, like, really? work down there for years and years. She, that's part of one of her right. kind of charitable, whatever you want to call it. Sure. Um, there was some kind of fall. I don't have all the details, but some kind of fall oh. where she and she shattered her leg. Now uh-huh. this is a third world country where they had to hike. It was like a fifty-five hour uh, hike out fuck. where two guys had to put her in a canopy with like a stick. And carry her with Holy her leg, which, which now they're saying, like, she's on social media. She's very optimistic. She says, I will walk again. But right. the fact that you have to say that is when it's, like, in doubt. I mean, there was so Ugh. much nerve damage. They had mm. to reset what was part of the bone. I mean, it sounds like one of the more horrific things I can imagine. They could not get to her. They could not right. helicopter her out. Um, and she's just been talking about, I'm just lucky this happens to any one of these people that we never think about. They, right. they, they either die. Or right. they're, you know, crippled for life and they lose a leg or whatever. Anyway, I just wanted to bring it up because it yeah, is. Yeah, that's not. I don't know the latest. I just know she made it out. But just the getting Story. Her out yeah. is it, it's kind of incredible, man. I mean, it's yeah. terrible. But uh, anyway, I just wanted to mention. That's that. wild. Just well, unreal. good for her for trying to spend her time <laughs> well. Um, and of course, uh, having to oh, go well. that shit. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Um, let's talk about the Golden Globes real quick. Uh, in uh, about a week, uh, the Golden Globes are happening, and it's obviously a Golden weird Golden Globes year for, preview, baby. Yeah, it's it's a weird year for uh, for award shows. I don't know if this will be super entertaining or not, because of course it'll have remote get uh, you know hosts and uh, yeah. guests and everything. It's going to be Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. I heard that's the story that they're doing. Uh, two coasts, you know, Different one of them coasts, will be in New York, yeah. one will be in yeah. LA. But basically, I, I want to start by saying that the Golden Globes are, they always have been, but they're, you know, sort of problematic. LA Times did an article in the last few days about some of the the reasons the Golden Globes and the Hollywood Foreign, Pre- Foreign Press is uh, a weird group that doesn't have a great track record for uh, being objective and uh, you know, kind of making good choices uh, with regards to uh, why they're including people in their (laughs) awards and whatnot. Um, And there's an argument to be made that this year, a lot of things got left out that are very good. And a lot of uh, not so great things were included. uh, But isn't that always the case? What the fuck? (laughs) It kind of is though. And that's my point is that the golden globes really should not be an indicator of anything yet. 
they tend to be an indicator of yeah. what will probably happen at the Oscars. It and kicks off with the Oscars end. It's the beginning and end of the season. Hopefully they get separated over time in a more significant way. And I, I guess the point is that until we know the Oscar nominations, we won't know, you know, how more appropriately the Oscars are representing, you know, these categories. Um, but the point is I want to plow through a few well, of the categories. But yeah, go ahead. Real quick before you do, two thoughts on the Golden Globes. One, yeah. the fact that they have a comedy or musical right. as one yeah. category right off the bat kind of gives you all you need to know. The second thing is yeah. the Golden Globes are just the best party in Hollywood. That's the only yeah. way I look at it. That's what yeah. everyone says. It's the one they get drunk at. That's why you watch. That's what's Considering fun. it won't be that this year because they yeah. won't be there in the same room. What's it really on? takes a lot of the energy out of right. the concept of watching the Golden takes Globes the and out of a shit sure. about it. So we'll see whether it's any fun. But, um, but go ahead. But like you said, off. the musical ca- or comedy category is always weird because yeah. you're just like, why are these things in that category? Why? Blah, 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 blah. If you produce a musical um, comedy, you've the, got a 90% chance there's, of There's some great stuff in this category. you got Borat, subsequent movie film, I really liked a lot. You've got Hamilton, you know, the filmed version of so Hamilton. Long. You've got Palm Springs. Which it's weird is, that I the loved. Hamilton thing's even up for it, but okay. Uh, whatever. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? It's a musical. These are. Yeah. But then you also have music, the movie by Sia, and you have The Prom in that category. And uh, The Prom, I thought, was dog shit. Me too. Um, The only one I didn't see was music. Music has such a low Rotten Tomatoes score right now that I absolutely refuse to watch it. Because what – I'm not going to get super into this, but but what is being said about it is that Sia, who directed it – um, yeah, it's the backlash from her. That's why it's, it's so low. Yeah, right? it's the backlash, I think so, about how she represented the autistic community in yeah. this movie very incorrectly. And she put Maddie Ziegler, who is her kind of muse, the person that's in her muse, music videos generally dancing, um, in this role, even though she's not autistic. And so I don't I'd be, I don't know the whole it story. But It wasn't just that. I, I've said a bunch of times that, you know, I, I actually it, – <laughs> It's not that I'm saying you sh- these people shouldn't be represented and have their own roles, but I also we've talked about this before. I- I'm also there, there's something to me that's a slippery slope about not allowing actors to embody different things mm-hmm. just because it's like, well, there should be no limitations. Sure. And I understand that's in a vacuum. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not making any kind of argument for this, but I think we're, from what I read where the big backlash came from was. Once people said, why are you putting this girl in this? It should be someone who's autistic. And I think Sia, I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. I think she was trying to get her girls back, right? Because mm-hmm. she's been in everything right. from Sia's and they've yeah, been a really good partnership team, together. Yeah. But in trying to get her back, I think someone, this is just what I read. Someone had said, what about this girl? And I think Sia said something that maybe wasn't on the nose as this, but essentially alluded to the fact, well, she's not a very good actress. Mm-hmm. And I think that is when the shit hit the fan and everyone right. was kind of like, hey, fuck you. You know, like, anyway, sorry. I don't mean to laugh. It's just we, like the whole situation. We don't know. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to assume anything. That's there. what we're here for, though. But, Kelly, this is this is a rumor mill. Well, podcast. you know, I'm just, I'm if I watch, if I go watch that movie, then I'll talk about it. I haven't seen it. I don't know. I yeah. know that yeah, by and large, the both the audience community and the critical community don't like it or hate it. So I'm just like, right. okay, I don't know. Um, but, you know, that's the problem with the Hollywood Ford and Press a lot of times is that their opinion does not track with the majority of the audience for various reasons. And sometimes maybe it's it's the foreign aspects of it. I don't know. Um, yeah. But essentially, let's uh, go through some more stuff. Bo- uh, best motion picture includes 
um, The Father, which is not really publicly out yet. In the next couple of weeks, it'll be out, uh, or I think in a week, it'll be out on maybe some VOD and stuff. But the rest of these I've seen, Mank, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, and Trial of the Chicago 7. So that's a decent decent list. Except for Nomadland. You'll see that Liked all the others. Uh, best motion picture foreign uh, includes another round, the one I was mentioning about drinking that I thought was really great. Um, La Llorona, Llorona, The Life Ahead, Minari, which is out now, and I'm going to try to see Minari in the next few days. And Two of Us. Um, I, so I've seen one of those. I'm going to fin- you know, try to see as many of these as possible uh, in the next yeah, few weeks. Yeah, I haven't weeks. seen any of the foreign ones. I'm way behind um, that. Best screenplay includes Promising Young Woman, Mank. Trial of Chicago 7, The Father, and Nomadland, which is exactly the lineup from Best Motion Picture. So uh, pretty weird how that lined up. Um, And I'm not going to say all the categories, but essentially you've got – I'm going to basically say let's do Best Actor – in a comedy, you got Sasha Baron Cohen in Borat. You got James Corden in The Prom, Lin Manuel in Hamilton, Dev Patel in Personal History of David Copperfield. I didn't see that. Did you see that? No, uh, I, I should have probably not. check that out. And Andy Samberg not. gets one for Palm Springs. I've seen the trailer. Um, look, man, Andy Samberg cool. is another guy we talk about. It plays himself over and over. Yeah. But look, he's good in that, he's good. and he's you know it works. His version of himself um, best uh, animated includes the crudes a new age which i didn't see um onward over the moon didn't see that one soul and wolf walkers so uh yeah that's about right i'll try to maybe fill in those other two and then you got best actor in a drama you got chadwick for marini's black bottom you got riz ahmed in sound of metal which i really would love for him to win <sighs> but good. we'll see yeah. anthony hopkins in the father which we haven't seen yet um, Gary Oldman in Mank, that makes sense, and uh, Tahar Rahim in The Mauritanian, which I don't even know what that is. Um, Oldman's kind of just one of those guys at this point that's going to get nominated, I think, in everything he does could be. that's serious yeah. like that. you know. And then I'm fine with that. I don't necessarily need him to win anything. I, I, I kind of don't thing, want him to win that category great. this year, yeah. but whatever. No, I, me I mean, neither. he's great. Me neither. Um, He's an all-time and then but. best actress in a motion picture, you got Viola Davis in Myrene's Black Bottom. You got Andrea Day. Uh, uh, Andra Day in the United States versus Billy Holiday. I didn't see that yet. Uh, Vanessa Kirby gets one for Pieces of a Woman. Did you watch that? I forget. No, no. no. I need to watch we, that. We it's on Netflix. It, but, and then you got yeah. Francis in uh, Nomadland, and you got Carrie Mulligan in Promising Young Woman. So that makes sense. Um, and then lastly, uh, or is it lastly? No, I got a couple more. Uh, best actress in a motion picture. You got uh, musical or comedy. You got Maria Bakalova, Bakalova in Borat. That's the daughter. <laughs> she's pretty wonderful. She she's actually yeah, pretty honestly, pretty significant yeah, in that on. movie. Yeah, uh, you got more significant than Borat. I mean, yeah, it's her movie. Absolutely, it's her her movie. I think she should win. Uh, Kate Hudson in music. Uh, again, we don't know. Michelle Pfeiffer in French Exit. I, I don't know what that is. Uh, Rosamund Pike in I Care a Lot. I don't know what that is. <laughs> and Anna Taylor. I Joy. really want to see I Care a Lot. I don't know if oh, you really? watched that trailer, I haven't. but um, yeah. First of all, Rosamund Pike I think is great yeah. uh, in most things. But um, it's interesting, man. Check out the trailer. Everybody, check out the trailer. Any of these in the major categories that I haven't seen are going to be on my list to try to see in the next few weeks. But keeping in mind that Golden Globes is a week away, so I don't know if I'll get to all of them. Right. And Anna Taylor right. Joy and Emma, which I didn't see Emma yet. Did you watch Emma? That no, got some acclaim. So. Um, anyways, so yeah, you have, uh, oh, and then best director, I might as well do David Fincher, Mank, Regina King, One Night in Miami, Aaron Sorkin, uh, Travel Chicago 7, 
Chloe Zhao in No Man Land and Emerald Fennel in Promising Long, Young Woman. You rooting for anybody in that, um, uh, out of that list? To be honest with you, at this point, Nomad Land is the of those. Like I love David Fincher. I don't think it's his best movie. Regina King is yeah. essentially a brand new feature director. I think she did an outstanding job for One Night in Miami. Do I think she should win over these other ones? Maybe not. Aaron Sorkin, yeah. I think he's a better writer than he is a director, and I think I still stand by that even after Trial of Chicago 7. Emerald Fennel for Promising a Woman, it's pretty well directed. I would say that's high on my list. But I think Nomadland blows all these other, like it's a mm. order of magnitude better directed than these other ones. See, so. I haven't seen Nomadland. Chicago 7 is my favorite of the year so mm-hmm. far. I know I haven't seen much of the award sure. stuff, but that's just my my favorite one of the year that really sure. struck a chord with me. Um, I, um, But I don't care. You know, 2019 when we were rewarding you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, we talked about this. Yeah. That's just one of those ones where I was like, wow, there's something this year that I'm so on board with. It makes the, the seasons more fun, I guess is yeah. all I'm saying. Like when you've really got one that's kind of in your corner and you're like, I'm rooting for this. You know what I mean? It just gets you on board more. It's like putting money on a game mm-hmm. and you know, you're watching the basketball game anyway. It's fine. But then when you're like, oh my God, come on. You know what I mean? If they <laughs> sure. win by four, I make a hundred bucks. Yeah. That's a little different. But um, I'm still you know interested in seeing. I got to see Nomadland, I guess. And then I'll maybe I'll have a different feeling. Please do. Yeah. Watch it. Watch it. I would say watch that before the Golden Globes above everything else. Um, And I'll plow through a couple of TV categories real quick. Um, Best television series, musical or comedy. You've got Emily in Paris. I haven't seen that. The Flight Attendant. I started and then I kind of gave up. Maybe I should revisit that. I don't know. Um, You have Schitt's Creek. Wonderful, obviously. I can't imagine it not winning, but we'll see. Yeah, um, you think. A show called The Great. I don't actually know what that is, but I think it's a period drama. And then Ted Lasso. So to me, even though I haven't seen these other ones, Ted Lasso is so phenomenal and Schitt's Creek is yeah, so phenomenal. Can't wait to watch Either of those, maybe. Um, you've got best television series drama, The Crown, which I know people love. I've never seen. Um, everybody I've talked to who has watched that, yeah. and that's another one that's kind of on a list for me to sure. get to. But everyone I've talked to who's watched that is like, dude, that's phenomenal. If so, I didn't dislike British period shit so much, I would maybe, but I just can't. See, do I it. don't dislike it. I just feel like we're so oversaturated. This is the yeah, same that, as the Marvel I mean, thing to me. I'm just like, good God, there's so much reasoning. of it right yeah. now. Well, there's um, always, we're always going to have all of the Jane Austen stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just recycled, like, Batman story. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's yeah, just, yeah. we're always yeah. going to get them. Right. And so it, it already is kind of in the lexicon all the time. Mm-hmm. Then there's kind of the connection between American history and British history. Yeah. I think we kind of consume that and the Royal family. Cause we don't have a Royal family, but they're, that's kind of, we're like the stepchild of that, you know, in a way. Yeah. And now with this, I think this is not to uh, be too on the nose, but this is like, seems like the crowning achievement of mm-hmm. all of those. Mm-hmm. But at, at the same time, I'm just like, ah, oh, there's so much. And Downton Abbey was Ugh, such a big thing for so long, yeah. you know, and it's kind of like, oh, there's just so much of it. Anyway, I couldn't it's care less. To be amazing, uh, you've got Love Cla- <laughs> Lovecraft Country, which you know that I gave up on. You guys kept watching. Right. We so watched all of we'll it. See. Shouldn't win anything. But uh, I <laughs> good, it. good. I mean, honestly. Um, you got The Mandalorian. That's pretty cool. Best show ever. We'll see. No, no. I mean, honestly, that's the best also of this list to me, but I haven't seen all of them. 
Uh, you got yeah. Ozark. It's my favorite. My favorite is different from what you win. Yeah, exactly. You got Ozark on this list, which uh, I think I watched a couple of episodes of, but I haven't been on that bandwagon of watching the seasons. I haven't watched any of it. And then Ratchet, which I also haven't seen. So I think that's a new I only one. talked to one person who watched that, mm-hmm. and they said it was pretty good. <laughs> that <laughs> right. Was all, that was all I got from it. Uh, I would say that Mandalorian. Uh, I don't know, but we'll yeah, see. Mando's my, um, my jam. And then uh, I'm not actually going to go through all these categories, but lastly, I want to say uh, the best television limited series or motion picture because i think that's where a lot of great things exist nowadays is in this limited series category um you've got normal people which you watch that right it's the uh, irish uh irish british show about the the two kids in high school that it follows them through their years of college um you didn't watch that no um that destroyed me man like i i um in the way that uh because you watched uh what was phoebe uh uh waller bridges show uh called i'm blanking oh uh uh fleabag fleabag in the way that fleabag in certain elements is comedic but it's also incredibly emotional and it like kills you uh, normal people killed me. I was just it was so overly emotional and uh, in a, in the best way. It was wonderfully right, acted, right. wonderfully directed. It's about these kids, and it's actually young love. You know, like high, you know, your high school sweetheart. That's really what yeah. the show oh, okay. is, okay. and um, it's wonderful. It's in my mind the best thing on this list. Um, then you have the Queen's nice. Gambit, okay. which is wonderful. If Queen's Gambit you know, Queen's wins, Gambit. <clears throat> that's it. great. I support it. Um, you've got one called Small Axe. I didn't see that. I don't know what that is. That is, uh, uh, it's got um, our boy from <clears throat> Star Wars. Um, oh, God, Finn. Um, oh, John Boyega? John Boyega. Uh, and it's directed uh, by Steve McQueen, I believe. Oh, really? It's uh, five different, I don't know if it's five different oh, short films. So I'm, it's an, I'm vaguely yeah. aware. Yeah, they're not Small connected. Axe, yeah. It's separate right. stories. They, yeah, they, yeah, I yeah. mean, thematically, they may be connected, but it's like an, an um, right. you know, uh, like Black a, a group of, yeah. a clump of film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, don't, I can't think of the word right now, but yeah. Um, anthology. <laughs> anthology. Anthology. That's what it was. Oh, I kept um, saying analogy <laughs> in my head. I was like, that's not it. <laughs> Idiot. You should have said it. It would have been funny. So um, stupid. And uh, last, last two, there's The Undoing, which was the, you know, uh, that show with those people, <laughs> you know, Hugh what's Grant her face and what's his and face? Nicole yeah. Kidman. Thank you. Yeah. And you know what? You know what it is, man. This is another one. You just I said was, the British stuff. I was totally just like whatever on that. I'm yeah. I'm not saying every story is not relevant. I'm usually the guy who keeps I'm in the corner and I keep saying you know anybody's story is relevant. Everything's relative. People we're all humans. We're dealing with the human condition. Blah 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 blah. But it just there's never been a time that felt less appropriate to tell a story about rich people's problems yep. to me yep. as right now, yep. and that's why I won't watch that. Yep. And it, you know, it just makes me think of if it Florence was Foster Jenkins that movie, maybe. But it's yeah. but even if it is, I, yeah. and I like them, right. that's the thing. But right. I'm just like, you know what? I'm, I've kind of had it with watching rich people. Yeah. And you know, there's something about that glamorous world that we want to escape to. But then when it's their problems, I'm sort of like. Yeah. All right, so you can buy your way out of this or that. You know, I right now, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you no, could I'm, say I'm we you. should never make a movie about any American problem because the third world is where. I mean, right, I know this goes on and on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very much a relative concept, but um, that's just me. Yeah, sure, that's all fair. Um, the last one on that list is Unorthodox, which won some Emmys, I think, but I still haven't seen it. Um, I don't know that one. I either. think Laurie watched it and said it was great. Anyways, it's it's one of the the uh, very few like series on my on my t- to watch list. So. Uh, I think that's a Netflix original, Unorthodox. 
Um, right anyway, on. so uh, that's not all the categories. You can check them out on your own. But that's to give a few. The reason we're doing that is uh, we're going to watch the Golden Globes. We're probably not going to do an episode yep. for it, but we yep. are going to watch it and take some notes and uh, and we'll hopefully about talk time. about it next time. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, also just to kind of put a cap on it. Um, yeah. Netflix dominating in nominations. Um, oh, really? Did you think yeah. it was like 22 and the next highest? I think HBO had like seven wow. or something like that. Or That's Amazon. nuts. And I would never have guessed that with all the different stream. I would have certainly guessed that the studios, the traditional uh-huh. studios would have been down in like two, three versus 20. But I would not have guessed that Netflix had tripled the next highest for it's the same in movies and television They're They've dominated all of the nominations. Yeah, we can't, we can't, uh, we can't ignore Netflix. I mean, every, every time that I think like Netflix, ah, oh, they make ho-hum stuff, but then you start to really remember how many things you've watched. That's a Netflix original. And you're like, Oh, fuck. they make a lot of about all stuff. Yeah. They just also have, you yeah. know, those diamonds in the rough. It's just hard to find the diamonds until uh-huh. they get nominated. Honestly, it's hard to find them it's because so there's so much shit on there. Yeah. Yeah, hundred uh, yeah, percent. Um, so let's wrap up this episode with a couple of things. We'll do some Rotten Tomato scores and then hidden gems and get out of here. Oh yeah. Um, Hell yeah. the Rotten Tomato scores are very selfishly generally based on something that I want to ask you about. So we're gonna do all the Alien movies. Um, yeah. And uh, and for what it's worth, we have done Alien and Aliens before in in much older episodes, I was say, t- ten I was fifteen say, episodes I ago. Right. But I figured what, we might as well do the whole run because I think doing these as franchises is fun. Um, yeah. I won't always yeah, do that, yeah. but if I have a good franchise to do. So uh, let's, let's do start with Alien. What do you got? Well, I, I think I may remember this, so this may be cheating, but I, I think that I got this last time or very close, and I think the original Alien is one of those ones that's pretty much got a perfect rating. I, I want to say critics are like 98 and audience is like 96. 98 and 94. So you have a good memory. So, yeah. And you're right, right there. <laughs> um, um, aliens? Aliens, which to me is just every bit as good, even though I think I prefer Alien. Um, mm-hmm. I think critics, you know, will say in the same range, critics 96 and audience is 94. 97 and 94. So you you either remember yeah. or you're just very good. And those are appropriately yeah. rated. I mean, I, yeah. I really think I, I don't even, those aren't even kind of my favorite kinds of movies. I'd prefer like a Star Wars, but they're you know, just appropriately rated. I realize that the context that I need to remember is that this is you know, very early James Cameron, uh, aliens, it kind of is the thing that informs who he is and Mm -hmm. how we feel Mm -hmm. about James Cameron. Um, and, and the technologies weren't all there for him to do, you know, everything he wanted to do. But, um, I, I do have a problem with a, a, I have a sort of a problem with aliens having as high of a rating as alien, because I think alien is a masterpiece. Aliens is a, an, extremely well-made action movie but Fine i action film i yeah, don't exactly. i don't i can't even comprehend how uh those would be considered as good I, as I each agree, other i agree with you because I, to me i think not, contextually yeah. it was still at that time so new you could argue that was the first right to be simultaneously be a sequel that continued the story successfully and also completely reinvented. Right. It. I mean, I, I genuinely oh, think now for what it accomplished. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. In 86. Um, and also like just having an idea for a story mm-hmm. that is, Oh, this is a natural way to continue the story. Yeah. Not it, Cause it's seven years later. It's not like the second year they were like, let's make a sequel. Now right. this is somebody who said, I've got an idea. I love alien. 
I've got an idea to keep this going. And I think bringing the company in so much more and developing kind of how they are the true villain in this, mm-hmm. which you you learn in Alien, but you delve into in Aliens, and then adding Newt and the emotional weight of this mother connection, right? Mother versus mother. Yes. The alien queen versus Sigourney. It works. I mean, it is And I completely agree with there. you. Yeah. I think the first Alien is just a masterpiece of – uh, environment of yes. tone of yes. all these. I think it's su- totally superior, but mm-hmm. I also understand, I think why that ratings. Yeah. Uh, close. I gotcha. Um, alien cubed <laughs> or alien three, depending <laughs> on how annoying 22 you want to be. And 21. Yeah. No. Um, I th- it may be, um, I think alien three, uh, keep in mind is... audience that this was directed by David Fincher. It was his first film. Yeah. All he had and done before the film that, that made him not want to make movies anymore. Music videos. <laughs> Um, yeah, he hated this experience. And like, it was his yeah. favorite experience. Yep. Um, I'll say, uh, I'll say, cr- critics um, for Alien Three gave it a fifty-seven, and audiences gave it a sixty-four. Forty-five and forty-seven. Okay, that's about right. <laughs> I yeah. I happen to really like this movie. On a rewatch this past week. I um I haven't seen Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection nearly as much as the other ones but I uh on the rewatch I think that Alien 3 almost only suffers from expectation after mm-hmm. Aliens. Mm-hmm. If you forget about the expectation of having those first two amazing movies, if this were just an alien movie, if it wasn't yeah. part of the franchise, I think it deserves to be much higher than that. And then the other problem I have with it really is not even the the performances because there's wonderful performances in it. You've got Charles Dance and all these people that are just like phenomenal. Um, and it's pretty well directed is that they really phoned in the visual effects for the alien in three, because I guess money, I don't really know what the reason is, but like they didn't do many practical aliens in it. It's mostly like weird matted in photography of the alien. And it's, it's bad. Uh, You know, you watch it in modern day high def and you're just like, this is garbage. Yeah. Um, And I, I, um, I, I agree with you. And I, I actually think Alien 3, same thing, is one, an appropriate ending to the trilogy. Like right. if you make it a trilogy, you right. don't carry it on. To me, it's this all the stuff we talk about structurally. It's a return to the original where now we've got the one hunting down a small group yeah. and they're in an enclosed space. So, and, it, you know, that circular formation and also just the ending. I mean, the way the actual conclusion yeah. of the movie. You know, spoiler alert. <laughs> right. Sigourney sacrifices she herself and everything. Into the, That's yeah. a very powerful thing to yeah. me and it's i like terminator I 2 it's not yeah exactly thumbs up yeah it's not to the same standard it's not to the same quality yeah. as the other ones but i think conceptually i kind of feel like that was the it's, way to it's go. almost more of an art film and i think people yeah kind of think it's an action movie and it's really not right it's very slow and thoughtful and um i would say that well, the, there's a lot of thoughts about how that would that was even more fleshed out in the script and the studio kind of took some of that stuff from venture uh-huh. And like how there's more of the stuff you're talking about, a little more of an art film, a little more thoughtful in this way. They cut a lot of that stuff out. I learned out, a bit, I'm, I'm you know, Matt Gorley, who we love many of his podcasts, and Paul Rust have a have a, a podcast called With Gorley and Rust. Um, and so they do a lot of different franchise. They've been doing horror movies. They did the Halloweens. They did the yeah. Nightmare, you know, movies and Friday the 13th. Or they've done a few different things. Anyways, now they're doing the aliens. And so I've been listening to those and they, um, they were mentioning something that's probably common knowledge, but that, uh, the original story of 
this third alien was uh, in the movie. There are convicts that are in this, you know, mm-hmm. far off planet that are just kind of yeah. custodians of Rura this place. Uh, right, exactly. Um, whereas uh, the original story was monks in a wooded. Everything was wood, like wooded wow. village. It was all wood, 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 wood. And so obviously, that. Uh, yeah. And so certain elements of that retained. Obviously, there's some mm-hmm. religious aspects and whatnot. But um, but sure. it's just very subdued, the environment, and um, and no weapons. And that's really the problem with this movie is that no one has, yeah. no one has a gun. There are no guns. So yeah. it makes it that much more frustrating. And, you know, anyone coming off of Aliens, they're like, yeah, fucking Marines. And then you go to this <laughs> one and right. you're like, they don't even have a gun. Let alone many guns to necessitate <laughs> necessitate an entire rack. They so, don't even have um, a gun. <laughs> um, so That's now great. let's do Alien Resurrection. Uh, Resurrection. Oh, the last ones are in the forties. I'm gonna say Resurrection got a critic score of sixty two and an audience score of sixty seven. Fifty four and thirty nine. Ooh, audiences hated it. A little, little low. Um, it's my least favorite of the, you know, written by Joss Whedon. Problematic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it totally. It didn't used to be. <laughs> it didn't used to be, no. Um, and the director of Amelie, which is weird. But, I um, didn't need, I love Amelie. I sure. didn't need the alien swimming. That's what I kind of remember <laughs> from this one. There's a lot of water, yeah. And also, it gets into a real, sci-fi is weird inherently because there's all kinds of ideas, but it gets into a a pretty weird space, even for like an alien movie when she sort of has the child, the sort of half human, half alien. Hey man, I, I really like it because of how fucking weird it is. It, yeah, I'm not even saying it's wrong. It's just, it's it's definitely a weird territory. They take it. Yeah. Yeah. It works for you or it doesn't. And I don't know. It gets a little sexual. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. It's, it's fucking weird. I mean, it's a French guy that made it. So yeah, I'll take on it's sexual. Yeah, you're right. Um, It's a French dude. You're right. (laughs) I take everything back. He's going to make the monster sexual. Um, no, I don't know. But anyways, uh, I enjoy it. I really do. Uh, let's uh, move along to Alien. I'm going to do these in, in uh, release order. Alien okay. versus Predator. Oh, God. All right. So we were at 38 for audiences with, I'll say critics, Alien versus Predator gave it a 28 and audiences gave it a 32. Very close. 21 and 39. So okay. that's pretty close. That's actually lower H- than I thought it would be. Higher for audiences than Alien Requiem. I just don't get this because well we haven't done Requiem yet. Um, oh sorry, I meant um, what was the fourth one? Uh, Re- Resurrection. Resurrection. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but <laughs> the 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 point to be made here is that if you take this out of the Alien franchise and you look at it at face value as a as kind of a B action movie, mm-hmm. I don't understand why this is so low. It's a very competently made fun action movie it is pg-13 it's a little bit cleaner than the rest of these it's a little bit glossier and shinier than the rest of these but um it has a cast of people that are uh virtually none of the cast is annoying they're all pretty well cast there's a couple of guys but it is um it's they're all giving their all into this uh, thing and that's something they were saying on the uh, on the Gourley and Russ podcast is just like these actors are really trying very hard to make this a real movie and to me it's good 
Like I don't. Well, you know, this is once again though, Kelly. It It just comes down to you're in one or two camps. You either separate that, like you just said, or you don't. And if you don't, it's problematic in every way, and it kind of never stands on its own two feet. And if you do, people don't want to have fun. That's my problem. Hey, I've said this. I've said this before. I've said I'm not sure now if we made a Star Wars, a Harry Potter, (laughs) a Lord of the Rings, a Marvel, whatever. If we made any of those things and we made the best version of it ever. You can't have anything anymore that's universally loved the way we used to. Right. And part of that is just that maybe it was never fully universally loved, but not everybody had a megaphone to scream into. So even yeah. if five people hate it out of a hundred, those it five people are so fucking like loud. They are the and majority. they're taking it apart yeah. and it has an impact on everybody. And the other part of it, it just is, yeah, that I think we're just more cynical now. And that, you know, that is what Who it is. Who doesn't want to see fucking Predator? Fighting an ant, like it's the that's coo- why they made it's it. It's maybe the coolest concept for it's a movie video game ever. Territory. <laughs> yeah, um, the humans are so you know. The, I think the flaw is just the humans are so secondary, right? Like we really are just observers yeah, are. in this, yeah. and that's what you come for. But that if you're talking about, nobody needs to break this thing down for story. <laughs> but I, I'm being nitpicky. But I'm just saying, I guess sure. that's also part of it. Anyway, um, who cares? Okay, so Alien versus Predator Requiem. Okay, so Requiem was the second one, and I think that was the one that everyone really was like, all right, let's not make any more of these. So <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say critics gave it a 22, and audiences gave it a 23. Uh, 12 and 30. Holy shit. It's a bad movie. <laughs> and honestly, 12. I think it would be 10 points higher if it were brighter. It's so these fucking dark. Are, these are the issues with like a Fantastic Four with Trank, you know, where I'm yeah. just kind of like at a certain point, if you've seen, we're judging these things on different scales. Cause yes, if you've seen yes. a really bad indie film where yes. there's no one that was competent making anything, you couldn't have something as low as a 12 that was made by anyone. It is a, a it budget. is a different scale. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. anyway. um, Prometheus. <sighs> Critics, Prometheus, 35 audiences, 42. You think Prometheus is a 35 from critics? I, I'm i not saying I like it. 73 just... and 68. Really? Yeah. I'm stunned. This is I what I'm thought saying. that movie had complete... It um, doesn't change my it was a bomb. It, but I, but was I thought bomb. that movie had only backlash. Oh. This is what I was saying earlier about my mm. reevaluation of it, is that when it came out, I think yeah. we had a certain take on it. And then soon after... There was a there was a collective shift that certain elements of it were really bad, and I hate Damon Lindelof with a fucking passion. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. part of it is maybe him and how he evolved as a screenwriter, um, or lack thereof evolved. And then you have um, you have the the concept of like Ridley Scott is known for such great films yet yeah, so many. doesn't direct this that well. Uh, I think some people are making the case nowadays that Ridley Scott is not a very good director that he happens, mm-hmm. but it's like, I just, I can't be in that camp. He directed yeah, alien. I can never he directed blade runner. Um, he directed one of my Look, favorite man. fun at Nick Cage movies, matchstick man. Like you Thumb make matchstick gladiator. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's just, there's movies These that are, are maybe they're so not the greatest movies significant ever, but quality films and their quality. Exactly. So the fact that, uh, you know, I, I do blame Ridley a little bit for Prometheus, but I not totally, I blame some of the actors maybe for not, uh, knowing mm-hmm. what to do and, and Damon Lindelof for writing fucking terrible dialogue. Um, but then yeah. you so get it's to about alien. evolution, but it's about the evolution of, Lindelof. Right. Yeah, that's what it is. Alien Covenant. 
Um, oh shit! Now you said that one was because, seventy. For- because remember, it, or I am sure you agree with me that what I remember about these movies is that Prometheus came out, people are like, okay, and then Covenant came out, and they're like, oh, at least this is better. That's how I remember the. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know anything anymore. This is the first time I've ever been shook on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, right. usually I'm 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 in pretty good pretty sure, good standing. Sure. Based on the last one that we said, um, I guess I would say critics seventy two, audiences sixty five, sixty five critics and fifty five audiences. Okay. Just simply the fact that this has lower numbers than Prometheus is yeah. weird to me because it's it's a um, where your memory's wrong thing. You know, it's like a Mendel. I expected both of them I'm to be lower. Like, it doesn't really matter where yeah, they are. Sure, I just sure, expected sure. them both to be lower. That's I don't know fair. what else to say about it. Um, and I and listen, Prometheus was one of the great trailer experiences of my life. Yes, I, I, I and I don't even really love that series. I, that trailer Agreed. for Prometheus, I really thought was going to be an incredible origin for the alien series. And it was just one of the best put together trailers mm-hmm. ever to me. Um, and that also, I think was part of, the I think I I'm comfortable enough saying now that the, if we take away the dialogue and exactly the, the beats of the movie, I think that the origin that they created with Prometheus, the origin story, I'm a hundred percent on board with. I like all of it. I like yeah. everything yeah. that happens that is set to lead to the alien, you know, movies um and the canon that they came up with so i i I don't know i just i think uh there's probably probably more to it than meets the eye um so that's the alien movies let's uh let's do some hidden gems and get out of here we're we're uh about two hours now so it's long well yeah let's uh (laughs) do you have an hour on on hidden gems (laughs) no um uh yeah i have a hidden gem that i've actually been kind of saving up for 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 a while now just because there's different ones that have felt appropriate for different weeks um but did you ever see the movie ruby sparks i have yeah i love ruby sparks it's enjoyable Um, yeah i I don't think it's something that a lot of people have seen Mm -hmm. um as a guy who played the writing game for a while um i just think it is a brilliant on every level movie i think it's so good it's so smart it's so well acted it's so well executed it's just thought provoking and everything else um, sure. and the, the basic quick pitch is just a writer essentially writes a character into existence mm-hmm. a woman into existence but is it paul dano um, i forget who all yeah, is in it yeah. yeah and and um what's her name from the big sick um yeah, I can't remember her name. She's great, though. Yeah. Uh, and she's great in this. And, but essentially, it is a kind of an existential mm-hmm. crisis, mental breakdown type sure. of thing. I mean, yeah. the way this character starts impacting this guy, and he is essentially her god, right? And But he's created her, but she – I don't know. And it's like the perfect woman, in his opinion. But anyway, it's just – it's really, really good. It gets into some dark, serious territory, but it's yeah. also light and funny through a lot of it. So it does a lot of things. Uh, Ruby Sparks. I saw it uh, when it came it out. out, but I should I should check it out again. Definitely. High recommend yeah. from me, man. That's just one of the ones. So really what's love. funny is that my movie, my pick, uh, is a perfect double feature with Ruby Sparks in, in ooh, a lot of ooh. ways. I think they're kind of uh, simpatico in that way. Uh, I Heart Huckabees, which yeah. um, I Heart Huckabees, uh, I again thank Austin for reminding me about this movie because I, I vividly remember seeing it. I went to the theater in, in Irvine with Nick and I think some other people were there to see this when it came out. I was into seeing a lot of indie movies back then. This definitely wasn't a big blockbuster or anything, but 
Um, we saw this, we were in high school at the time and there, there are still to this day, so many lines from my heart Huckabees that I quote yet. I realized Austin texted me about a week ago. He's like, check, you know, that's, it holds up is basically what he said. It, it really yeah. holds up. And I was like, you know what? I haven't fucking seen that in so, so long. Maybe since it came out or around that time, I watch it again and it, I would say it holds up as much as anything I've ever seen in terms of wow over the years. I was so blown away by how absolutely pitch perfect it is. It reminds me of a couple of things. How wonderful David O. Russell is as a director, and I don't know why we haven't seen more movies from him recently. I don't re- even remember what the last thing he did was. Um, and then the performances in it are outstanding. Like Jude Law is so outstanding in it, and Naomi Watts is so outstanding in it. Jason Schwartzman was only like 22 or 23 when he made this movie and he carries the fucking movie like like a incredibly well-trained actor does and uh, granted you know he had done some shit before that but um, it just has an attitude to it that I think is very relevant today in 2021 um, kind yeah. of like a fuck you <laughs> attitude that right. um, is very 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 satisfying to me the maybe sense more of, relevant now I think I think so I think the movie yeah 2004 is genuinely ahead of its time in its tone and what it has to say um, even though it's about a very silly amount of existential stuff but um originally david o. russell made this as a response to 9-11 and yet this is um a really a relevant movie i think at all times so i think everybody I should go watch it. this just it, hearing you say i just that, i every like, minute I mean, of it i was just like this is fucking pitch perfect you have dustin hoffman you have lily tomlin like you have such a fucking cast such a talent crush um and i just yeah i think everybody watch it again um that's all i gotta say it's wonderful cool that's all i have to say that's all i have to say about that and that's uh, that brings us in right over two hours for our second anniversary episode so um, i just want to say free britney um (laughs) that's all i got left yeah it's hey listen i gotta get on that i gotta get on yes so we wish her well all right thanks guys we'll see you soon (laughs) thanks for listening everybody shout out to ted hackman that's my boy